This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. Hello you numpties, this is the villain Marty Skell and you're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. <laughs> you're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling with your hosts Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 220. Was barely able to start the show because I was dying laughing at the new Superhuman video. My name is Nick Howell. And to hell with Seth Rollins. I am accepting Big E Langston as my own personal savior and messiah. I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to Busted Wide Open. Wow. The only wrestling podcast you need in your life. Uh, Nick Howell, how dare you? How dare you be watching that <laughs> jackass wannabe <laughs> yes. before put going and starting this show where we actually talk about real wrestling? Because They're doing it for all the juggalos and the juggalettes. Oh, my God. All right, we got, we got some real wrestling to talk about today. Uh, we have to talk about AEW, NXT, SmackDown, we're building towards Money in the Bank. We got some crazy news about what Money in the Bank is going to be this year. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, but we can't talk about that yet. We do need to do a little bit of housekeeping, and then yes. we can discuss all of that fun stuff. Woo, guys, come over and join us on Facebook. Uh, just search for Busted Wide Open over on Facebook. Like our page and send us a join request to get into the discussion group. You'll find fun news stories, memes, all kinds of good discussions happening over there. And we treat it as sort of the hub of our whole operation here at Busted Wide Open. You can also find links to uh, our Discord community where we have live chats all throughout the week happening all the time uh, for all of the live shows that are going on to have live chats during the shows as well as some side shows like our super fan Andy Jessup likes to do all of these uh, rewatches of old 90s content. And I'm, yeah. I'm thoroughly enjoying going back and watching all of the interaction happening there. So good stuff, Andy. Keep doing that. Uh, but yeah, you can do anything you want to in the, uh, in the d Discord, but that's what it's there for. So dedicated chat channels for all pay-per-views, all kinds of events, such as the forthcoming Money on the Roof Bank match that we'll talk about in a minute you can get to also find us over on twitter and instagram at bwo podcast streaming live right here on, at youtube at youtube.com slash busted wide open every tuesday at 8 p.m eastern 5 pacific and every saturday at 3 p.m eastern and noon pacific where we also do our patron mailbag sort of ama show that we uh where our patrons send us questions we're going to be doing one today immediately after the show, but make sure you're subscribed at youtube.com slash open, and make sure you got your bell turned on so that you get notified anytime we go live or put up new content, such as the surprise, unfortunate show we had earlier this week. Thank you all 
for for showing up and and supporting that. Last but certainly not least, speaking of the patrons, the phenomenal ones. You guys rock. Thank you for sending in your questions every single week. Thank you for your support all throughout these dark times that we're going through right now. It is absolutely amazing to see all of you uh, showing up and showing your support, not only for us, but for all of the wrestlers out there that were affected this week and just wrestling in general. You guys are an amazing group of folks, and thank you so much. If you'd like to get in on some of the exclusives that they are are enjoying themselves, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers. The ability to get listen, or the ask listener questions every single week, get a copy of the show notes, and participate in our patron pick'ems challenge at, at the $5 tier. And on top of that, at the $10 tier, you can get bonus episodes, Skype calls with Nick and Surrey and Dangerous up above at $50, and then all kinds of good stuff. And yes... Shout out to Mr. Trey Davis, who is our first ever $100 patron, which patron, which patron, patron, which means he's going to get his own segment once per month here on the show. And we're going to work with Trey to make sure that we get that in. But yeah, this is going to be interesting because it's we've had Patreon up for a couple of years now. And this was the first one that we hit uh, where we hit a hundred one $100 one. So we're going to be adding Beautiful. a segment in his namesake to the show in an ongoing <laughs> basis. So this could be fun. And if we've yeah. got a limited spot for four of those, so we could have four of those unique segments every single month. Uh, that could be a lot of fun, but Hey, patreon.com If you want to get into some of that, but Ian, we got a lot to go over today because we had a, you know, it was some dark times and there was some good times. But we got to kick things off, unfortunately, with the big news. Well, these ones always kind of suck. But, uh, yeah, in the big news this week, rest in peace, the Fink. Howard uh, Finkel passed away this week, age 69. Just uh, when you thought you, 2020 couldn't get any worse. Yes. Uh, it, it's, it snuck up on you, but that being said, he was in failing health for a while. Uh, he had a stroke about a year ago and it just had been not doing well ever since we did know that. I think we reported on the show that he wasn't doing well, that he was ailing, but he finally passed away. Uh, the voice of WWE back in the day. And he was, he was the voice of Madison square garden when WWE was there. One of the most iconic ring voices in professional wrestling, if not all of sports, really. Very unique voice. I think it's him uh, and bu- Buffer. Probably. Probably. Nobody, everybody uh, else is down here. He was WWE's first employee. He actually began working for WWF in 1975, started announcing for them in 77, and then when Vince made the company into the WWF in 1980, he was the first employee Vince hired. He was the first employee of WWF. And he's also one of the first people inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, and, uh, if you haven't seen his hall of fame speech, it's awesome because he does his catchphrase to himself and newly inducted today and new, you know, it it was fantastic. So rest in peace, Howard Finkel. I don't, I still to this day, and I, I want somebody to explain this to me, uh, why in the early two thousands, they started using, uh, Tony Chamel and Lillian Garcia, who were both good, by the way. Both very good ring announcers. Um, why they started using them when they had another 10, maybe 15 years of good Fink left at that point. Like, he still could pull it. He still could go. 
at that point. And I still don't, to this day, will never understand why they didn't just let him ride. There might have been a diversity angle, bringing Lillian in. Um, and that's not a, Lillian, knock on, I could see. not a knock on Lillian. She's fantastic. She's and fan- they, they, they were singing... They uh, yeah some of the interviews yeah. they were doing the national anthem they were doing America the Beautiful all of that stuff so I I get it I understand trying I, to get I a agree new look with to you. the company yeah like a, yeah. like a, make it make it feel new and and that's definitely part of it but it's still like man that you talk about a guy who I mean he never screwed up and you you no. ask anybody in the industry and they'll tell you one of two things either they'll tell you this guy was one of the greatest ring announcers in terms of talent ever. Because uh, he he did not ever he never wavered he never stuttered nothing, he nailed it every time. Even if even when they were throwing him curveballs, he nailed it. And then he's all, like the other thing you always hear is he's the nicest, most humble guy ever. Those are the two things you always heard about him. Yeah. So it's always painful when a guy like that leaves us all. But unfortunately, that is what happened uh, this week. So in the, rest in, in the- peace, the Fink. In the tech events industry, or just in like trade shows in general, you have a the PA system they loosely refer to as the voice of God, right? And you know when people make big announcements and it comes over the loudspeakers or over the PA, it's it's known as the voice of God. If you're at a concert venue or anything like that, that's what the event management people will refer to it as. Um, I, it's funny knowing wrestling personalities. Like I always knew. Of Shivani, I always knew of Mean Gene, I always knew of people that were always there, but I, I knew Fink. Looking back on it now, as the voice of God, in, in in a funny analogy there, like I always heard his voice. I very rarely saw him, and you, you know, you the camera would always be pointed at the wrestler coming to the ring with the voice of God announcing them to the ring. And the camera would always be on the wrestlers celebrating their title victory, and you would just hear the roar of "And new!" Yeah, and just right. So everyone wanted, everyone wanted him to announce their title victories. Like even CM Punk in 2011, like they brought him back. You know, like that yeah. was everyone wanted him to do it because he just had like when you got that, you get. I'm getting chills right now. I'm getting chills right now. Even just thinking about it. So and all that new! to say, rest in peace, Fink. You yeah. are my voice of God. Amen. Thank you. Cheers for that. Uh, that being said, Nick, we have plenty more to talk about, uh, and the world does go on, which means we need to head on over and discuss all elite wrestling. Woo! Um, I want to, in the wake of the... Boneyard match in the wake of the Firefly Funhouse match and in the wake of Champa Gargano all being these big epic combination and, and I want to throw Orton and Edge in there as well. Uh, we had this week on AEW what was set up to be an empty arena brawl for all sort of no holds barred no DQ uh, kind of match for the AEW championship between John Moxley and Jake Hager. We've been setting this up for a few weeks. And they continued to set it up all throughout this show. Man, I'm going to have a lot of the same feedback that I had for Uh several of those other matches. This was, it was beautiful to watch, seeing the clashing of two different styles. They would mix it up with each other's styles. And sometimes you really forget just how good Jake, Jack, whatever is. He, well, was, he's also gotten a lot better. 
but this was way too long. Yeah. By the time you mix commercials, I'm like they got to the end of the first hour of of Dynamite, and it was already about to kick off. Next, coming up next, when we come back from the break, Moxley finally faces off with Jake Hager, and I'm going already. <laughs> Wait, it's funny. can't we get a Vanguard here? one and Jericho in the hot tub segment in here for ten right. minutes before we do this? Like. Come on, God. Like, I get it. I, I want to be the first to say that I get it. I understand you're making do with what you've got to work with and yeah, the time right. and the situation that we're all in, but man, this drug out. This went on for a while. And the thing is, is in, uh, as you said, in the shadow of Orton Edge, which I think a lot of people agree went long. And we on the show were like, all right, it was a blood feud. It needed to have some heft to it, but it, it went on. Yeah, for a while, it yeah. it it did just keep on going, and at a certain point, it lost that that trajectory where you want the match to keep getting hotter and hotter and hotter, and it just kind of like cruised for a while. It, it reached some points, and then it dropped back down. And okay, we're gonna just kind of wander around the backstage some more. And Gargano Ciampa, very similar kind of way, where it's a bunch of spots we've already seen before, and then just some arbitraries. Let's get on top of the truck. Because it's there. Let's walk a outside. There's the truck. There's a truck. Let's go outside. Get the truck. It's just arbitrary. And this right. one felt arbitrary too. They get out yeah. of the ring. They wander through the stands. They come back. The stuff in the ring. They start off with you know grappling and a very very much like a strong style, um, inokiistic like like really like shoot style fight. Yeah. And they there go wasn't out, a lot they, of chain wrestling happening in this match. <laughs> but then they go out and they brawl in the stands and then they come back and then it's a, basically a knockdown drag out pro wrestling match and where they see who can hit their finishing move. And ultimately, yeah. Moxley does give him the, the, the paradigm shift onto a chair. Uh, and that's now the I want to say all of what I just said with the qualifier that this would have been absolutely amazing and in front of thousands of people. There would have it, been the pops. Right. There would have been like all of the moments that we all popped for as wrestling fans watching it. The crowd would have amped that up even further because there were some turns there as they were doing these. The story of the match, right? But I, I just, I, we've got to oh, be realistic about the situation that yeah. we're in, and that that isn't going to happen the same way it traditionally right. would. And I'm also sitting here in my head going, "Yeah, but Nick, haven't you always wanted these big, long, epic, forty to sixty minute matches to show up in?" other wrestling promotions besides New Japan. I'm like, yeah, yeah I, I really would like to see it. But with fans, when we get back to that. And that's kind know? of the problem, is this was structured like a match would typically be structured if you had a whole bunch of screaming fans there. Right. The problem is there that were segments to, in it. It's not just, right, and it's and it's also mo like big moments to make everyone go ooh and ah. And even if we're going ooh and ah at home, there's something about the lack of response after those moments that makes you kind of feel a little deflated. They fall and flat. And it takes the... Yeah. Right, it falls flat a little bit. And unfortunately, when they're doing stuff like they're doing right now, they, they changed a lot of the production. They changed like, the camera angles and stuff like that, how they shoot things. They've also got to think about changing actually how matches work because it's not going to read to a TV audience, especially without a crowd, the way it's going to read normally when there's a crowd there. A lot of times, right. if, if the crowd is feeling it, it'll translate to the TV audience because we're hearing the crowd appreciate it. If there's no crowd there, you've got to play directly to the TV audience, and that means a different kind of match, match structure. Part of the problem here, too, I also want to say is it might have been a mistake to have JR call this alone because JR still has some gas left in the tank, but he's not what he once was 
let's just call a spade a spade. And there this are was better though because it was pre-taped and he was doing voiceover commentary instead of fine, like live. But he still had massive times of dead air where he wasn't talking. And unfortunately, without a crowd, as we've seen in WWE and in NXT, you can't do that. Yeah, you've got to keep like like the Mar Ronaldo. At least you know when he was calling that ladder match, he was just like always something's happening. Right, Michael Cole, same thing. Where they're, they're keeping on it as much as possible, just trying to keep up the energy. That announcer has to be the energy for the entire freaking crowd. If there's no crowd there, and they didn't even have anybody, you know, like like they do in the rest of AEW, where you've got some of the other talent ringside, they didn't even have that. So and I had that question. I was like, Oh no, what are you doing? No, you you clocked onto something, and you guys have filled the dead air with yeah, like twelve wrestlers gonna, on the side outsides of the ring, and now now that's gone. Oh, no, 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 no. Put him back. Bring him back. And, and the only person we have to give us energy now is JR, who's just kind of sitting back. Oh, he's got him in a triangle lock. I think that's Looks what it's like called. It's been pretty tight. Yep, yeah, he's struggling out of this one. He's got he's to gotta, he's gotta really work for this. And I'm just sitting there going, no, JR, come on. Pep it up, JR. Pep it up. Yeah. Chug, chug a bottle of your barbecue sauce, a spicy one. Right. Get up on it. Tell me about them Sooners. You know, so, uh, yeah, that was the most that was the most energized he was when he was talking about the fact that Jake Hager's from Oklahoma. Right, <laughs> that was the most lively he got. Um, but yeah, that's and that was the problem is th- from a technical standpoint, if you had plugged in ten thousand screaming fans in there, this would have been a fantastic match. Yeah, if you'd plugged in a lightning hot commentary team on this, it would have probably helped a lot. As it was, it just was kind of there. And it sucked because these guys went in on each other and they were working stiff and it was a, it was a hard-hitting match and both guys, I thought, came out looking fantastic. Hager looked like a monster. Moxley looked like he survived. Mm-hmm. It was great stuff. Yeah, they, he got that lucky paradigm shift with the chair there that is the one thing that, that put Hager down to long enough for the three count. Yeah, I, I don't know if we're done here or if the way AEW is going to do it, that like this is his loss and it resets his ranking back to the bottom of the list. I don't know. Uh, we've they've shown that they aren't they aren't ones to do rematches, especially for the top title, very right. very quickly. So yeah, we might be moving on to somebody else now. But now that Imagine we're so. here, we're in this interesting spot where it's like, okay, what do you got next? Cause you got the TNT tournament going on, and that's going to be a champion it. right there. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Who's who is next for Moxley? That is a big question. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm curious if they should have given up on Hager's undefeated streak already. If they should have kept him a monster. Um, I mean, like I said, I thought he looked strong here, but uh, it was a, it was an interesting time to do that. They had to stick with the kayfabe that they built around you know uh, yeah. rankings and everything. So, yeah. I I don't fault him for putting Hager up there. It surprised all of us, I think. Uh, that surpri- that it surprised me one. that they gave surprised me they gave Moxley the champion this soon, the championship this soon. Yeah. So, hey, uh, but I'm curious where they're going from here. I did have a chance to uh, to ask Josh Barnett what he thought about the oh. fact that we had a we had a a main event uh, title sh- title match that started off with some. Like some real strong style, like the kind of stuff you would see if Moxley and Barnett ever actually finally get to meet at Bloodsport. Um, I would imagine the match is going to look a lot like 
the first sequence of this match. And I asked Barnett like, what he, if he thought that Moxie was believable against a guy who actually has a real shoot record if they were able to, to make that, sequ- that sequence work. Um, and you know, if, if what he thought about the fact that they were actually doing this in a title match. And he said, people are into seeing wrestling treated with seriousness and reality. And I said, well, do you th- what's the timetable on that crossing over into the, the mainstream in the West? And he said uh, he thinks it's possible, but just to give him some time. So mm. <laughs> he wants to see more of this. Yeah. And I want to see more right. of this. I, I'm gl- I was glad to see it. So I'm, I'm curious if we see more of this style, because here I even felt like it was an appetizer to the pro wrestling. Um, so I'm wondering if people liked that ground and pound MMA crossover style that they, they did at the beginning of this. Uh, it suits Moxley. I'll say that. It does, but the thing is, is that was one of the reasons I was asking Josh about that was you've got a guy like Hager who is trained for years now in that style and is quite good at it, very proficient, as you could see here. Yeah. I actually kind of thought Moxie was a little bit outmatched. I feel like there was, there was one or two times where I thought I caught him missing a catch and Hager had to slow down for him to catch up with him. I, th- I thought I caught that. Yeah. But, you know, th- th- I wonder if it's the sort of thing where that's going to be noticeable to the casual. I, I don't know. It's, this match was an interesting one to me because it had that element in the beginning where at the, at the first third of it, I was going, oh, damn, this is like, this is like an Inoki match. Yeah. You know? Um, and then it got back into pro wrestling, and I just, yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how well it melded or if I'd wanted a whole match where they kept it semi-believable like that. Do you know what I mean, Nick? Yes, I, I, I totally do. I think this suited Moxley. I think it's a lot of – it reminded me of a lot of the good stuff we saw of him in the G1 last summer. Um, Hager kind of brought that back out of him a little bit, some of that strong style stuff. But, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, man. I, I'm happy they put the title on Moxley. I'm, I'm, I'm happy they put it on Moxley, but I'm not happy they took it off of Jericho. So I'm in that weird middle ground of like I, 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 I want to support both, right? But I, and I, I'm kind of surprised well, that this match performed as well as it did, all things considered, uh, being an empty arena and things like that. I do think they made the mistake of making it empty arena and that they should have put it with some of the wrestlers on the outside. But yeah, well, it's it is what it is. I think it's actually funny that you say that because Moxley has the belt. But Jericho still acts like the champion. Right. He still calls himself the champion. Yeah. And it still feels like he's the champ. Like, yeah. It's what it actually is. It's something that, you know, where it really proves that old adage that the man makes the title, um, not the title makes the man. So yeah. go figure. Before we uh, move on, real quick, I got to I gotta shout some people out. Nicholas Yates yes. with 10 bucks in the tip jar for oh. the Fink. Cheers. Oh, dude. For the Fink. For the Fink. Thank you, Amen. Nicholas. Uh, good name, too, by the way. Hmm. Uh, also, uh, the hacker from SmackDown tried to tip us 420 because I guess the timing and everything, but I'm uh, I'm into t- I'm a tech guy. You can't sneak past me, Jonathan Malo. I, I see you with 420 the truth, in the tip jar. The truth will come out. Yes. <laughs> Thank you guys very much for Thank you that. Guys. Yes. Uh, next up, Cole Cabana. Your boy. Uh, in the next. Boom, boom. Had yeah. his match with Lance Archer <laughs> um, and uh, for the TNT Championship uh, first round yes. on that uh, lower B block. And I want to put something in perspective here for you guys that have never seen either of these guys in person. <laughs> uh, I have a picture that I've posted in 
the Busted Wide Open discussion group of me with Cole Cabana. Now, yes. I'm a 5'10", 5'11", dude on a decent day, about 205, 210, thereabouts, right? Cole Cabana is about 6'4", and about 250, 260 pounds. He dwarfs you. He, he, did you see him standing next to Lance Arch? <laughs> Lance Arch dwarfs him. That's a big boy. <laughs> like, that's a big boy. That's a big boy. Like it's you can't see it when he's walking down the ramp because the camera has to zoom all the way out to make sure his big ass fits in the frame. That yeah. dude is a monster. He's knocking his head on the entrance tunnel. God, he is. He is. Yeah, what is he? Six seven? I think they bill him that. I think he's six eight two eighty five. I think is what they're billing him at. So imagine Unreal. a six foot eight Brock Lesnar. Sure. And it's funny because these days, <laughs> that's considered a big guy. That's average back in the day in WWE. Like, sure. like Randy Orton is, is sure. only slightly smaller than that. Drew McIntyre yeah. is that size. Yeah. Back in the day, you had true monsters like Taker and Kane who were and, and, and Diesel who were legit seven feet. And I've stood between Kevin Nash and Shaquille O'Neal, and I haven't felt like that much of a child since I was three years old. Right. I mean, I, I was, I, I, it was, it's like being Caleb Braxton next to Baron Corbin. It was, it's just like, hi, hi, sir. Please don't step on me. Yeah. Yes. He's a big boy. He's a modern big boy where you can be a big boy at six, seven. Um, but he's also just, you know, yoked and poor little Colt's getting in there with his big smile and his, his, aw shucks, good guyness. And you kind of saw how this was going to go. I, I love, I mean, by the do. way, I just want to, we didn't mention this and I didn't see it here in the note, but these promos that they're doing at the top of AEW every week with Jake the Snake with that ominous theme music going in the background, I get the little, the little goose yeah. going, is he better now than he was 30 years ago? Yes. No, but he's, he's very Yes. Good. These he's promos are better. He's very good, but he's not, he's not old school Jake, but, he, but I will say this. I like the promos. I can't, they got to redo the footage of that damn ring where Archer's beating everybody up. Because he gets in there, and everyone's like smiling and happy that he's killing people. And then at the end, they're all dead, and there's one guy like kind of resting against the ring post, like he's all like he's sleeping, right? Like he like he ate from the little apple in Snow White. He's I'm having a little rest here in the corner. It just it looks goofy. It looks it doesn't sell. Archer's terrifying. Yeah, the way that I think that they they think it does. This match, however, does because as you say, Colt Cabana is a big boy. Yeah, and Lance Archer manhandled him like Colt got in a little bit of offense but it was that that plucky baby face offense in defeat like where he's like I I, I almost got you oh darn it nope here comes the big the blackout and yeah he ends he flips he flipped him over his head I mean they made point of it making it saying on commentary how insane that is and Colt definitely helps the move but at the same time that's still ridiculous yeah the size that's of Colt ridiculous. definitely makes that move make look that much more devastating Rather than we him were, doing it like a yeah. Marco or somebody, right? Exactly. We were saying like Marco's stunt was a bad person to put against Archer because, of course, you know Archer's gonna like anybody's gonna beat up Marco's stunt. Like it doesn't make him doesn't make him scary. But you combine his viciousness with that with that kid, combined with him being able to put down a guy like Cabana, it sells him a much better. And this was a great way of selling Archer. And I'm curious. What they have in store for him because he is on this trajectory to this championship and it's looking like he's going to hit Cody in the finals. And yeah. of course, that's been the story since he showed up was Jake and he want a match with Cody. Is, I mean, is this something where Archer gets, you know, tricked or doesn't end up with the title here 
with the with the, the TNT championship and Cody gets it or something like that. Yes. Uh, no, Darby's going to get it. I that's Dar- what I'm saying. I, I, they, I, like, you, you, you're, are you picking – wait, Cody? I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think Cody should get it. This is something where I'm, I'm figuring out how they're going to get Archer and Cody into a longer-term feud or if they're going to have this end with Archer beating Cody and taking this title right now. That seems to be a little bit ahead of the game to me. I mean, I'm curious how will the next two weeks bring, but – I um yeah, given given that they've already they've already got this all locked down so we see all the pieces yeah. kind of coming together in this tournament it makes me wonder what they have planned between those two because that to does veri- to be the big story here. I had to verify I wasn't crazy real quick so I'm I'm not crazy. Um I I, I think I've I've called this before we saw a little bit of of animosity but the last time we saw Cody and Darby Allen together where he yanked away from yeah, Cody yeah, yeah. And, and then hit him, right? So uh, to me it's obvious we're going to get Cody and Darby Allen in that that A block and then Lance Archer Winning that B block, and I don't know, man. I'm I'm sitting here wondering: Does Darby Allen pull off a miracle against a monster to get this title? And I mean, because both of those guys kind kind of need this. I think Darby. You could make an argument that Darby needs it more because he's been there from day one. And I'm sitting here going, oh, Are they going to strap Archer right away? I don't want Archer to be that dragon yet. He there's other things he Why can not? go do. I want Darby to have something that makes people come at him, and he can just be this unstoppable, crazy man that will do anything nah. to keep it. No, I think Darby's a guy. That, you know, they say that there's some baby faces that are better in the chase. Uh, Gargano is one of them. Sami Zayn is one of them. They're better. At, they're better chasing than they are yeah. champs. Yeah, that's a good. And point. I think Darby. I think Darby's like that. Whereas. You already have a big baby face in John Moxley holding your main title. Having a big scary heel like Lance Archer holding your secondary title, I think would be a good call for them right now. Especially yeah, if, he has to, if he has to kill Cody to get it, and then Cody has to go on some sort of redemption angle with him to come back around. So yeah, nah, that's that's kind of what I'm seeing with it. But we will have to see. We also saw uh, Sammy Guevara, Sammy Guevara versus uh, Shug D, Pineapple Pete. From last week, uh, basically just a showcase for Guevara. Uh, although Pineapple Pete did, uh, he was impressed me. I, he did, he had more in the tank than I thought he did. Um, but that was basically just a way to show Sammy Guevara is just a bit better than some guys. And I, yeah, it was a good showcase we, for him. We've been we, trying we, to tell we, you guys for a while that dude's going to surprise a bunch of people. And he's, oh, Sammy Guevara, yeah, yeah he's he's, he's a, fantastic. There's a reason these people are giving him so much. Yeah. They're not crazy. Right. <laughs> right. And I feel like you've seen about that much of like You've if, seen a fraction like if of you've what you've watched Lucha do. Underground, if you've been a fan of PWG for a long time, you've seen him do a lot of stuff, right? And I feel like we've we've only seen him scratch the surface. We've mostly seen him, you know, being an arrogant prick. You know, which he's yeah. really good at being, but we're starting to beginning we're starting to see some of his wrestling capability and his high flyer capability as well, and I I can't wait to see him and, and Darby clash. Well, and again, you know, he's playing a heel right now, so he's not busting out a lot of his big moves. He's not trying to please the crowd. Yep. He's not, you know, like you see the guys bust out a lot of their flashier stuff and look a lot cooler when they're face. Yep. He's not face. He's a Love heel. It. He's not there to make you like him right now. So, yes, and and that's just good work. And this was this was a match where you could kind of see the talent there without him having to work as a babyface and, and, and get over in that way. Like, you could just see him work really clean. And, and you know, like I said, props to Shook D for also being a good counterpoint where they, 
they had really good chemistry. They got some comedy stuff in, and then Sammy was like, "Okay, enough of this. I'm gonna kick your ass." And it was it was actually it was more competitive match than I thought it was gonna be. But yeah. so next week, your boy Darby Allen's going up against Sammy Guevara in that tournament. Do you think Darby should win that match? I mean, he's gonna have to because he's got you know the, he and Cody have a story. Sammy yeah. got his win here, so he can lose next week, and it uh, offsets. So Darby Allen's definitely winning, and I think Darby Allen's beating Kobe. C- Kobe. Cody. Kobe. Rest in peace, Kobe. Rest Jesus in peace, Christ. Kobe. I'm sorry. Mm. I'm just mm. I'm damn. Dude. Um, Cody and Darby Allen are absolutely going to get their hands on each other again, and it's something that I feel like this has been brewing from the launch of Dynamite. Like these two have kind of been at each other back and forth in varying capacities. Sammy, I like no, no, that, no, that I mean, they have this. Darby and Cody. I mean. Oh, 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 well, Darby and, and, and Sammy, too. Like, they've sure. had a, a long-term beef, and I like that they have those in here where they've got... They're not even really feuds. You just know these two guys have a history of not liking each other. Right. And there's a history now between Darby and Cody, too. It's just more convoluted because, you know, they are, they've been on the same side for most of... Right. Like, their first match was, you know, Cody beating Darby. Or, no, Darby went to the time limit. Was that what it was? Um, but Cody ended up beating him, as I recall. It was but, double or nothing. Uh, I remember that. Yeah, but it was it was like but it, Cody or, uh, no. Darby Darby looked strong in defeat as I as what I recall it being is that Cody basically made Darby look good. The fighter fest. <laughs> double or nothing was Dustin. God, I, my memory's shot this week, guys. I know. I'm, I'm, double or nothing was Dustin. This week I think really it was it messed me up um, in in more ways than I expected. But yeah, I can't wait for Cody and Darby to get hands on each other. I can't wait next week for Sammy and Darby to get hands on each other. That whole A block is just fantastic, and the Spears and Cody match was fantastic. So, the, so the speaking whole, of something else, yeah. I think you think I think I think you think is fantastic. Britt Baker, come along. Britt way. Baker this Britt Baker this week with her broken nose, calling uh, Hikaru Shida a cheater, and uh, and saying that she's a she's a great role model because she does X Y Z. It's a very Baileyish thing she's doing right now, d- turning into this whole Except like role this model. Suck. That's kind of where I was going with it. Is 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 she out Baileying Bailey here? Yeah. Because the promos are better, the delivery is better. The I mean, she actually has character. a gimmick. <laughs> yeah, beyond being a Karen. Yeah, she's actually got something going on, and she had a squash match. She beat Cassandra Golden here, uh, get her win back from last week. But also, just put over the fact that she's just one of those heels that you just want to hate. But that's the thing is that she is actually taking this gimmick that Bailey's now trying to do, this kind of heel where she thinks she's in the right. The, she annoys the, she's annoyed by the fans, but the same she thinks they're idiots, but at the same time, she wants to be the, a role model to them and be like, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. It's a very old school heel tactic, but it's an example of Brit doing it right. And Bailey not able to pull it off. Yep. And just like, seeing it, her like borderline, like we're getting into some psychopath kind of tendencies and territory here with Brit. And I don't know if you guys are reading that far into it, but I'm I'm seeing some things in a direction that we're going here. I mean, like her just laughing and holding the needle up and squeezing the syringe out, and <laughs> that was, and, I, and I'm going. This could, this she, has legs. This could go somewhere. <laughs> like, let's keep going. I, Steer into I'll this. I'll tell you right now. She busts out some Novocaine in a match at some point, and I will. Be, uh, ne- needles. She like not. <laughs> that could be like another moment, like Macho Man in the ropes with the snake with the King Cobra, where I just have to turn away from the TV if she starts injecting people with Novocaine in the middle of the match, and like. <laughs> 
Can you imagine? She's like, and, and if, if right she's able to turn this around, like you were saying, into some sort of hero of the people kind of thing, uh, a la, there's all kinds of examples oh, yeah. of that throughout history it's and comics and, and, and movies and all that stuff, right? The the antagonistic kind of the anti-hero sort of stuff. Like, man, we could get into some serious stuff here with Brett Baker. And the irony of this is like, we tore her apart on the cruise a few months ago. We tore her apart before then, too. Well, I mean, the, the it, amount of improvement when she made the just... actual turn on right. the cruise ship, right? We were just like, oh, what the? She's calling Shivani a barista and handing him a coffee? Like, what What the shit is this, Lana? And then you go you go forward, and here we are three, four months later, and you're just like, this is fantastic. Yo, Jay just put out something in the chat that's hilarious. She says she's doing, she's doing Isaac Yankum way better than Glenn Jacobs ever did. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, I that's it. All right, that's the period on sentence of that one. Uh Kip Sabian had a match. Kip Sabian, uh, uh him and Penelope Ford, uncomfortably good looking couple. Mm. Uh beat Chuck Taylor. Uh and it was it was both of them beating him because uh it took it took a, a Hurricane Rana from Penelope and some serious distraction to finally put Chucky away. But they did get the win. Orange Cassidy was ringside, but he got taken out. But Jimmy Havoc, Jimmy Havoc murdered him, murdered Orange Cassidy. So they have a match next week. Jimmy so Havoc this- versus Orange Cassidy. Put it in my <laughs> eye holes. No, no doubt. <laughs> I'm very curious to see what they do there. But uh, was, yeah, what was the what was the idea behind this match? Was it just to set up uh, Cassidy and Havoc? Was it to give uh, Kip a little bit of momentum? Because he hasn't really had a whole lot of wins lately, like, was it? I guess what I'm saying is this match had no stakes, and we're not really sure. It was not aside, for Kip, and it wasn't for Chucky e. T. No. Would we let WWE get away with this kind of lazy booking? Is I guess what I was going to say. We have this, this for years because they, they. It was at a point they do this kind of stuff every week, and right. I, this match was to set up something else, not for what it was there for. Like, no, yeah, no show, don't pay uh, attention showcase. to this giant stake. There's some nice sides over here as well. Um, look, this was to set up Havoc and, and Cassidy. I'm all in on that. This was to shine some more light on Penelope Ford as a ringside valet and potential worker herself. So uh, I, th- that's what I'm here for, right? I wasn't here to see Kip Sabian and Chucky e. T. And it's it's the problem I said a few weeks ago about the best friends, is that if they're not careful, they're going to become irrelevant because everybody's watching what Orange Cassidy's doing because he comes out with every single one of their matches, singles or tag. And nobody's watching Chucky e. T and Trent. Now, when Trent had the match with Omega, it was amazing. And I guarantee you, if Penelope and Cassidy had not been here, we'd been all eyes on Kip Sabian and Chucky e. T probably having a pretty good match. I can't tell you one thing about their match because I was too busy watching Penelope Ford, uh, Orange Cassidy, and, and Jimmy Havoc ringside. All the other distractions. And the, the, the cameras kept cutting away yeah. to the other wrestlers that were in. Like I, I yeah. have no idea how I would call the Kip Sabian Chucky e. T match. Because it was too busy. There was too much going on outside. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It was entertaining. If that's where you want the attention to be. And I think that's where mm-hmm. they want the attention to be. Yeah. Uh, Sean Spears murdered a poor kid named Justin Law. Sean came out kind of cocky. Big smile. This, uh, Justin Sh- Justin Law? No, uh, never heard okay. of him? Yeah, no. I'm shocked. <laughs> he, he looked like a... a like a Cabbage Patch kid came to life and put on wrestling trunks. 
but Sean Spears started off, he, he didn't take him seriously. The kid almost got a pinfall, and then so Sean Spears just murdered him. Right. Okay, Sean Spears back on the horse. He's now on a win streak. Uh, is that, are they trying to get him hot again because he just lost to Cody in the tournament, or is this heading towards some sort of storyline where Sean Spears is on a winning streak and then actually goes for something bigger and is successful this time? What do you think is happening with Sean Spears and his win-loss right now? My gut tells me that Cody's about to lose to Darby Allen in the TNT <laughs> tournament. I don't, I don't, okay, Nick booking, go ahead. Um, I, could we fire up the Cody and, and Sean Spears stuff again outside of a, a, a title picture, please? Like, I don't want – everything Cody has seemingly done has been around some kind of title thing since the start of AEW. And I'd love to see Cody do something that's just a pure blood feud. Like, I never got mine back fully from your that chair shot you gave me from day one. And I, I, wa- I want to see an actual ongoing feud between those two guys. And we did, but it was all video packages with Tully Blanchard. And we find- we got some matches. There was never really a definitive end, and they're still kind of messing with each other, and they still had a good match last week in the first round. And I, I still don't feel like that's done. I might be crazy, but I feel like there's more there, especially with Arn and Tully now. I have a feeling that Sean Spears and Cody is going is, is a long-term thing. I don't know if right now is the time. I think they're just trying to get Sean Spears back up on the horse again because right. he was on a pretty bad losing streak. So I think they need to make him look strong again. Just, yeah, they are. He's, he's, he's a big component. They, and he says he's still looking for a tag team partner. Let's put it this way. With this last week in WWE, there's a lot of possibilities out there. A lot of new possibilities. <laughs> I nearly choked. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Rusev, Eric Young. EC3, there's a lot of guys you could pair up with with Sean Spears in AEW and it would make a damn good tag team of disgruntled ex-WWE employees. Finally, we had a, a, a cute little skit from the inner circle, the Bubbly Bunch, and it was basically the Brady Bunch with all the guys talking to each other on the phone and one of them would say something and then we'd go over to the next one they're talking on their phone and it was a little thrown-together skit in quarantine is what it looked like. Um... I'll say this, Nick. It was cute, but is that what we want from the inner circle? Kind of. Okay. Is this I, how I you, want them to almost not appear like they they don't care. You know, almost like they don't have to care is a better way to say that. Okay. Uh, they're they're above it. They're 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 just doing stuff for for a laugh. And you know what? In the in the, the after the week that we not that they knew anything like that was coming in advance. May, maybe they had inside info. Who knows? But they're just out there doing entertaining stuff. Jericho sitting in his hot tub yelling at Vanguard One, Vanguard One, hand, giving it a T-shirt to fly away with. Entertaining stuff. And, you know, I, I appreciate and respect the creativity of it. I never would have thought that you could have done something like the Bubbly Bunch. But it, and it was cute. Was it silly? Yeah, it was silly. Like, you have Jericho pouring orange juice out and he, he completely misses, misses the glass. Like, you couldn't have cut that or reshot it? Like, because when you cut to the next shot of Jericho, there's no spill anymore. Like, I thought, you, right, they were just being silly to be silly. Yeah, for the sake of it. And that's the one little critique I would do. Like, if you're going to well, do but, something but, like that, steer into it a little bit more. Take it seriously. I thought that was them. Oh, you oh, you want to, okay, so I thought they were actually steering into the silliness because they're like, yeah, the shots don't match. No, I'm talking about Shut the, up. the bubbly bunch thing. Like, if you're going to produce something like that, make it top notch. Be cute and be funny and be snarky, but, you know, 
have good, really good production value. Don't no. I thought the opposite. I thought the lack of production value played into the yeah. silliness. Like that's part of the appeal of it was that it was intentionally bad. It was intentionally not produced, and that's funny, right? Like that aspect of it is funny. Yeah, that's 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 how I took it. Was it made me think you know, of I, all those sports broadcasters I've been watching for the last month try to do their shows over Zoom calls. And how terrible it looks! Like you, I mean, but, you, there's no excuse. Right. You should be doing better than this. But that's kind of that's the thing is if they make it like we know like they're they made it so that watching it you go okay they know it's that bad they do know it's that bad that it's it's intentional not like <laughs> it's it's not them being incompetent it's them having a lot of fun with it does sure. that make sense sure so that actually but that's the thing is. Uh, is that undermining them being taken as a serious threat? And it's, I think, I think it can work both ways where they can come out and then murder somebody and you go, oh, they're a legit threat. But I, I question wanting to make them too charming. And there are several things, even, you know, Jake Hager had a thing in this that was a funny little bit where he's sitting on a, on a lawn chair with his kids. His kids are sitting right next to him. And, uh, and he goes, earmuffs. And they both go, <gasps> and they cover their ears, and, and he goes, yeah, I'm going to beat the shit out of John Moxley. Yeah. And you cut to the kids kind of going, ah, dad's saying horrible things, oh, God. Um, it was cute. And then later in the show, he comes out, and he's a killer, and he's, he's a scary guy. I just, I, I wondered how much that undermined that, or if that made him too charming, um, if you want to keep it serious, or if this is something that actually gives more depth to their characters. I don't know. What are they going to do next? The old Budweiser where they go back and forth between the... Their own version of it, maybe. Hey, what What's that? Maybe? That's the shit we're going to end up doing if they keep this stuff up. And I, This is not what I want to see my top heel faction on a wrestling program doing. Sorry. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Is yeah. like, like This is inarguably entertaining. Funny as hell. In the moment, um, yes, but when you think about it in the in the meta, it's like no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> the big in the big picture, I'm like, yeah. oh, it kind of decreases how seriously people can take you, right? Um, but that being said, Jericho's made a whole career off of being funny and a heel, so I don't know, I don't know. He definitely I, knows my, better than I do. I'll, I will openly admit that. Exactly, for and I, so reasons. for me, the jury is still out. I'm <laughs> yeah. kind of like, well, I, that would not have been something I did with my big heel faction, but at the same time, who the hell am I to question Le Champion? Agreed. So, Nick, that was a that was a, a fairly solid episode yeah. of AEW, but there's plenty more wrestling to talk about, which means we need to head over to NXT. We'll kick it off NXT. Nope, wait, nope. We're gonna kick this off with Abraham Castillo with twenty bucks in the tip jar. Dude. Because every time I hear this show, I smile and feel upbeat. I'm thankful for you two and the BWO <laughs> Nation. Thank Dude, you, sir. Thank you so much, brother. Cheers. Sorry about sorry about your boy. Sorry about that, brother. Ugh. Oh man. Oh, oh, rough week. Uh, yep. kicking things off. Yeah. Uh, we had a tag match with the Broserweights and Undisputed Era, except <laughs> there was something that we were kind of looking forward to here, but kind of fell on like a turd. Just didn't what? really. I don't know. Timothy Thatcher debuted. Yes. What do you mean? Hey. What are you talking? To an empty arena. Yeah. Well, you weren't excited by that? 
Of course, of course. But I okay, wanted it to be Jesus just like Christ. What you're never going to get that back, though. That's my point. Like, so, okay, I just but I. I, really? I was sitting on my couch. Okay, so Pete Dunne stuck in the UK for legit reasons. Yes. Matt Riddle has to defend the tag team championships against the Undisputed Era. Also represented, by the way, not by uh, Fish and O'Reilly, but by Fish and Strong because O'Reilly's out because he's immunocompromised. Because the old man. So, what? Oh, never mind. What are you talking about? No. So you're sitting here going, okay, who does Matt Riddle tap? He doesn't have to defend it one-on-one -on -one because that would be dumb. I'm looking at you, SmackDown. Uh, no, he has to pick up another tag partner. So who does he get? Someone we didn't expect. He didn't even know. Apparently Pete Dunn didn't tell him because at the very end outcomes, as you said, Nick, Timothy Thatcher or what you get when you have only Lork and hate fucking a werewolf. <laughs> out he comes. <laughs> and <laughs> look at, looking like Dear he's never God. had a good day in his life. <laughs> And uh, so the entire match, of course, we're building up towards Timothy Thatcher getting in and getting some getting some shots in. And he does. And he absolutely murders the Undisputed Era. Uh, just OK, Nick, I think this is am I wrong? This is your first time seeing Timothy Thatcher. Yeah, it's my first time seeing him. I have heard plenty about him, but uh, okay. it's my first time seeing him perform. Yes. What did you think on your first impression of Timothy Thatcher? It was, and it was a very brief one, I'll tell you that. He's they, they, a goddamn monster. He's massive, yeah. and he's going to destroy people. And it's I think it's why a lot of people were so excited about him debuting was that he was finally, like, of course, we've got Keith Lee, we've got Dijak, we've got some big boys, but there was no, like, big boy. It's like Austin, or, um, Austin Theory just, like, huge and with a giant beard. You know what I mean? It's like the, this. It could be somebody that could be a big, huge, massive character and figurehead in WWE in the future. And I, but he's not. He's not young. He's like you said. Like I know. He's, he's he I is know. a he's he's a veteran at this point, and I don't know how many good years he has in him. But as you said, also, if you're gonna stand next to Matt Riddle and still physically look imposing, that's saying something. Yeah. Like, and then also get in the ring and you know, technically look like you're a scary guy after Matt Riddle's in there doing some work. Like, Timothy, this is why we, when, when Timothy Thatcher was signed, we said, this is a big deal. This is going to be good for NXT. I wonder how far they're going to let him fly, though. Yeah. You know, I wonder if it's the sort of thing where he's just going to be in there to put over the new guys, make them look good, um, because he can be the big, scary guy. Uh, so yeah, I'm very curious for me. I thought this was a good debut because they put him in a situation where he could look good. Yeah. And yes, they didn't have screaming fans being like Timothy Thatcher, bah! but everyone sitting at home was going, who the hell is this guy? He's absolutely terrifying. Uh, wow. He just beat the undisputed era, you know, handily. All right. I'm keeping my eyes on Timothy Thatcher. Plus now you have a, a, a viable guy to fill the Pete Dunn void until Dunn is able to get back. Yeah. And then you can have stories from there like Thatch returns on him or whatever you want to do. I thought this was fine. I thought this was a smart decision of anyone you could have pair up with Matt Riddle at this point, considering how thin the tag division is, is you have to have him with someone viable. This was as good of a call as they could have made. Yeah, story writes itself. Pete Dunn is able to come back and they're like, all right, mate, we're done with you. You, you can go back. You're done. We're, we don't need you anymore. What? <laughs> right it's fine yeah I, I love this and you put you could put anybody you, you could put enzo amore in a match with these three dudes and he would probably look amazing 
right? So let's I mean, these are these are all fantastic, fantastic ring workers. I have no no question about it, and it, they all did nothing but highlight how good Thatcher is right here. So, uh, fantastic. My only wish is that he would have gotten a roaring ovation, you know, to some of the other folks that have come out and surprised us in the last year or two. He got one from me. What did he get? Oh, Timothy Thatcher. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Timothy <laughs> Thatcher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the cruiserweight tournament to determine the interim cruiserweight champion has begun. Obviously, the belt had to be voided because we uh, the, our champion, Jordan Devlin, could not get back across the pond. So he had to vacate the title. And now we're having a tournament to decide who's going to be the inter- interim cruiserweight champion. We've got Group A, Kushida, Drake Maverick, which is weird, by the way, seeing as yeah. supposedly he was fired. Uh, Tony Nese and Jake Atlas. Group B, Swerve Scott, Ihude Fantasma, Akira Tozawa, Jack Gallagher. Um I really got to quickly touch on the whole Drake Maverick thing because I was like, oh, yeah, they'll have him have this one match and then he's done. Um, that that firing, by the way, felt like they didn't know what was going on in their own damn company. Right? Like, well, we don't need him. We're never using him. And he's like, I've still got matches. And they're like, oh, really? Well, you just do those and then you're fired. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's what it felt like. But they're contractors. They'll still get paid for their performances. Right, right. Now you're just limited contract. You're, you're a circus act. But it's, I thought that was the case. It's not single elimination. It's a round-robin tournament. Everyone in each group has to face everybody else, which is great for us because, good God, some of these mix-ups, some of these matches, matchups are going to be mwah. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a chef's kiss. Mwah. Lovely. Um, I, I mean, are you, are you happy to finally see this tournament style in WWE? Because usually it's just like the G1. is the only place I can think that we have a round-robin tournament. Oh yeah, this is fantastic. This is oh man, this gives me all kinds of good vibes. Because otherwise, it's just like single elimination. All right, win, winner winner take all kind of thing. As we go through the brackets yeah. and everything, it's it's more March Madness than G one, right? I'm, I would I'm lo- very I, happy Jesus. with this. I wish they they would bring this back in WWE. Like King of the Ring becomes a round robin or something, and they they yes. run it for you know two months or or a month, where it's not the main part of the card, but it's on the undercard. Like just give us. Something where you mix and match your superstars, and you know we have the interesting different matchups. And, Ooh, I haven't, I haven't seen these two match up right now, given their current iterations of their characters. It's 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 a way to take some of the load off of your bookers for one thing. I want a jousting tournament of all men worthy of challenging for the crown. Yes, and run that for like three months. Be ye worthy, mount yes. your steed. Proceed. Take up, take up your mighty steed. Take up your lance, strike thine opponent from their mount, from their steed, and thou shalt be worthy of a handkerchief from the queen. Yes. May have been to a Renaissance Fair once or twice. Huzzah! Farthing for the queen. Uh, so this this week we got Swerve Scott versus Akira Tozawa. Oh. Uh, starting off on the starting off on the good foot. Both these guys. Both these guys. Seriously. Um, Tozawa did pick up the win, though, over your boy Swerve. Your, your boy Swerve starting yeah. off 0-1. 0-1. Yep. I've, I've uh, got my I'll, eye I'll, on him, though, of this whole list of someone oh, that yeah. could really yeah. pull this off. Round-robin tournaments. Never look at who's winning the first couple of matches. Yeah, Remember when, <laughs> remember when uh, old John Moxley ran the gamut in the B block right. of the G1 last <laughs> summer? 
How'd right. that work Remember, out? <laughs> Kota Ibushi starts 0-2 or whatever it was. Right. Yeah, don't yeah, don't yeah, look at the I first couple matches. Um, so, yeah, Swerve definitely has a, the, the possibility of coming back. He's also in a group with Ihude Fantasma, mm. who they, fir- they finally gave a video package to this week. They finally admitted is part of NXT. He's been there for a minute now. Uh, what do you think of Ihude Fantasma finally showing up in NXT in this way? Of all things, like it's what a strange place to put him. Yeah, and, and I'm not sure I would have lumped him into the cruiserweights, but I'm not terribly is, mad weird, at right? it. Yeah, it is a little bit weird. Um, the other thing I thought was weird is in his in his promo package, he spoke nothing but Spanish. The dude speaks perfect English. Of any of the Latino guys they have right now, like the major ones, like uh, Angel Garza speaks really good English. Um, even. Even uh, Humberto Castillo, uh, Carrillo, excuse me, Castillo. Humberto Carrillo speaks, he speaks all right English. This guy speaks perfect English. So I'm curious that they're having him. It's like, it's like, um, uh, and for those that don't know, this Lindsay is Dorado. This is King Cuerno from Lucha Underground. From Lucha if Underground. You watch Lucha yeah, Underground. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he was in Impact for a minute there too. Yep. But uh, like Lindsay Dorado speaks perfect English. <laughs> so, but they, but they're like, nope, they're a masked wrestler. They got to speak Spanish. It's weird to me. It's weird to me. Yeah, he can. He can. He's a. He's a good promo. You know what? I, I'm not terribly mad at it. He's a fantastic promo. Some of these. Some of these luchadors, when they do Spanish promos, the passion comes across. Otherwise, they're trying to translate in their head, and it can get a little robotic when they're talking, and they don't really use because they're thinking about. They're translating on the fly, not really thinking about it. But when they do it in Spanish, you get the pasión. You get all. <laughs> you get the. Right, you get the heart. I, I think you get the vigor I'm, and all of that stuff out of it, and you, it doesn't matter if you don't understand what they're saying. You can feel what they're saying, and like, I don't let know, them man. go, man. Andrade Plus, gives a lot of passion. You've got a huge Latino audience yeah. for, for pro wrestling. Who cares? Yeah. Let them go. Let them. Let them do. Let them do one of each. Take some you know Rosetta I mean? Stone, goddammit, it! If you don't understand what they're saying, well, you Andrade know? has a lot of spa- <laughs> a lot of passion when he gives an English promo. It's just his accent is so damn thick you can't tell what he's actually saying. Andrade's on another level of, of of conversation. There are folks that can somewhat pull it off. He should be never given never be given. He should be Brock Lesnar. Like never give him a microphone again. Yep. Selena Vega should I, speak for him. That's what's that's literally what Selena's for. It's yep. why they made that package in the first place was yep. he can't do this on his own. Give him Selena. Yep. So uh, the only language he speaks is a language of love. Right, Charlotte? Uh, Finn Balor, we'll get to her in a second. Finn Balor versus Fabian Eichner also happened on this show. Finn Balor, of course, in the middle of a feud with Imperium because he's got his sights set on Volta and his NXT UK championship, which is weird because didn't Finn just come back as a heel and wanted to go for the U- the NXT championship? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we got to get Adam Cole back from his pool, though, before anybody can do anything with that freaking <laughs> thing. Adam Cole's so. having a better, yeah, he's having a better quarantine than any of us, isn't he? Yeah. Sitting on his sunroom, talking smack to people. Um, but let's talk about Finn Balor and, and Eichner first. Uh, with, with Marcel Barthel ringside, Finn does pull it off. Uh, Eichner beats the crap out of him, though. He had slap marks and rope marks all over him by the end of this. Uh, but at the end, Finn does run off the rest of the Imperium boys and say to Walter, I'll see you when I see you. Uh, obviously, Finn and Walter can't really happen right now. Do you think that they're basically pulling Finn back into NXT and giving him some, something to do in, in NXT because they have to slow play that Walter feud? Or are they just going to 
because they, because they they did do it here. They're not scrapping that feud. No. So no, this is to keep it keep it a, a little put it on like medium heat and just keep it going a little bit. You know, let it let it simmer. What and, if Finn Balor wins the NXT UK Championship? Like, are they trying to now because they they're trying to promote? You have my NXT. attention. He wins the UK Championship. Is that their attempt to jumpstart the prestige of that brand? I mean, you would if if he's the one that takes down Walter, that that shoots him to the moon again. He's on the level of, and he goes back to UK and and he's performing at NXT UK instead of in NXT. Yeah, I don't know though. I kind of like Walter and and Imperium being, you know, stateside in in NXT, but I also understand that they are a very very important part of NXT UK, and I also feel bad that they're being taken away from NXT UK for the UK fans. So mm-hmm. I, I want to be sympathetic to both sides there. Of course, we want to be greedy and hoard all the talent. I mean, bring Finn everybody Balor over is, to. He is NXT. from the UK. So I, it's not like. I, I know he's Irish. It's not like Rhea Ripley winning the first NXT UK Women's Championship, which a few people were like, Mrr. you know. But, I, but I, I feel like Balor is big enough where he needs to be on the main roster and not on one of the auxiliary brands. Ooh. You were the one wanting him to go to the cruiserweight division for how long? Oh, Finn Balor, send him to 205 Live. That was that's Why is he not in the in the cruiserweight tournament? Oh my god. No, he's he's going to go fight one of the biggest monsters, the biggest dragons to slay in all of wrestling yes. in Walter. Wait, you just I, talked out both sides of your argument. He's too big to be on NXT, but put no, him in the cruiserweight. He's too big to be on NXT. You, uh, he, he needs to be on NXT, not one of the auxiliary NXT brands is what I was saying. Like 205 Live, which you were saying he should be on for years. What? Are, where, what? What? Don't, don't shake your head at me. You're, this is you're, you. You're, you're missing my point. You're, you're, getting, you're going down a rabbit hole that we don't have Do time Do you for. have one? What's your point? <laughs> you sound like you've got like three or four points. I do. I don't, all, I don't think Finn Balor should be the one to take the NXT UK Championship off of Valter. Okay, it needs then, to be someone big. Right? Who's bigger than Finn Balor? In oh, you mean size and big. stature. It needs to be another dragon. Otherwise, oh we end God. up with another Johnny Gargano title holder situation where you were saying earlier they're better chasers than they are title holders. But I would lump but, Finn into that category. But Finn, it, but he's not... But like a, he's not a baby face in the same way that Gargano or Zayn was. He is an arrogant asshole. He's back to being jerk Finn Balor, right? And yeah. it's and, and the thing is, is when you have what? Okay, so if you have a title on a big guy, you can never have it taken off the big guy unless it's another big guy. That means your title's always going to be a big big guy, Vince McMahon. So that's you've got to at some point have it's, someone it's besides a the big guy championship. So what? You should weigh more than 185 Tyler pounds Bate, to hold that thing. Tyler Bate took Walter 45 minutes to beat. He proved a little guy can stand up to a big guy, and there but for the grace of God went Walter. You believed Walter could believably lose to Tyler Bate in that match, and Tyler Bate is smaller than Finn Balor. So Finn Balor believably could put together a match with Walter Hang on. where he could beat him. I'm going to – we're, we're, we're going uh, to settle this right now. Tyler Bate – uh, weight stats. Oh, come on. There's no way Tyler Bate weighs less than Finn Balor. I said size. I didn't say weight. I said Build Finn, weight Finn, of Tyler Bate is 175 pounds. He, yeah, okay. 
Keep going, Nick. No, you want to do some research? You want to try and prove your... Go on. Google There is no way. That dude's left thigh weighs 175 pounds. He's also five foot four. He's a damn hobbit. He's from the Midlands. They've got enormous lower body parts. Ooh-er. And, and, and they're little. Uh, okay. Finn Balor's 190 pounds. Okay. Neither of those guys... Should be the, a walking muscle. A world heavyweight champion. Oh, stop. Your your big man bias is coming out again. All right. Tell, am, am I wrong, chat? I mean, weigh in here, guys. Finn Balor, I mean, absolutely. He was the first universal champion. He should have been. End of story. He's a great champion. Get over your bias. All right. Get over your bias, Howell. All right. All right. Tyler well, either way, Tyler, Finn Balor looks like it's... Tyler. All right. Calm down. Calm down. Either way, Finn Balor looks like he's going for Velveteen Dream, who came out and said uh, he's waiting for Adam Cole. Adam Cole's not showing up. So, uh, But Adam Cole is the greatest NXT champion of all time. That's undisputed. But uh, what's also undisputed is I'm going to take the title from the greatest NXT champion of all time. And that's when Finn Balor came out and was like, you watch your disrespectful mouth. I'm the greatest NXT champion of all time. I'm Finn Balor. I'm the prince. You know, I'm the prince. I'm the greatest. If that's where you're gonna be, I'll take you out. You let, I'll take you on a date. You have a date with the prince. That's prince with an X, by the way, because I'm still an LGBTQ ally, even though I'm a bastard. I understand the situation that the world is in right now. I do not want to see the NXT Championship poolside. I enjoy oh Adam Cole is an awesome promo. I, I just I don't I don't know what to do about it though. If if if. Like, how do we get how do we get our main title back? How do we get story around our main title back? It, like, this is like the third week, third time we've done this with Cole, and he's I, as a promo, it's fine. He's a bastard. Like, he doesn't defend this championship unless he absolutely has to. That's part of his story. At least he's on TV saying, "No, I'm in my sunroom." Not like you know, it's not Brock Lesnar and straight up disappearing with the damn thing. He's around. It's, it's part of the story is Velveteen trying to get him locked down for a match. That's the part of the story. You're getting you're getting worked by Adam Cole it's on working. this. I'm just it's I, working. I apparently yeah apparently yeah. So but 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 here's the thing: Velveteen versus Finn Balor next week. Both guys can't afford to lose right now. So are we seeing Undisputed Era and Imperium attacking both of them? Possibly them teaming up. To face both of those factions, I think that'd be a fun way to pass some time. I mean, I could get around, get my head around that. Yeah, absolutely, that'd be a lot of fun. All right, UE so, UE Imperium, yeah, UE Imperium versus Balor and Velveteen. Just a little, a little, a little Ian book in there for you. Mm, <laughs> I like it. I, we'll I see. Like it a lot. A, a, a lot. Raquel Gonzalez versus Tegan Knox. Uh, that's still going on, but uh, this time Shotzi Blackheart came out for the save. Uh, on Tegan. I don't know why I wrote her as Tegan Nas in my notes, but okay, whatever. Um, is there a long-term goal for this, or are we just going to have this keep running with Knox and Shotzi in tag teams? That seems like a, a poor use of both of these women who are better in singles. Agreed. And I, I, I am... Mm, I am slowly cooling on this, this whole big story. Like, it started out... It came out of the gun hot at War Games with Dakota turning... They had their matches, 
and at some point we should have been done with it. But no, we we doubled down. We brought in Raquel Gonzalez. Now we're having more matches. Now we're having Tegan Knox fight Raquel Gonzalez instead. Meanwhile, taking down who I think is one of the hottest up and comers in Shotzi Blackheart with some of the high the highest ceilings. They we're using her as a side piece uh, in this whole feud now instead of have her have being a, a bigger singles competitor. Like I, I want that the term you wanted to use for that. <sighs> what do you want, Nick? What do you hashtag more wrestling? I don't what do want, you want this anymore. Okay. <laughs> I've I've had my fill of it. It's like have you you know how you guys after Thanksgiving, those of us here in the States, after you've eaten leftover Thanksgiving for about the eighth day in a row, you kinda don't want turkey and dressing anymore. I kinda don't want turkey and dressing anymore. I'm kinda over it. Like I'm I'm let's do something else. Let's let's I'm I'm Let's here. Something I'm, else for dinner. I'm here saying, you know, I'm I'm down with some more turkey and dressing. I'm just curious why the ham is being used in this meal as well, where the ham is perfectly acceptable over there. Yeah. But uh, just to keep to to drive your metaphor into the ground. Yes. But yeah. But yeah, I'm curious where they're going with this. But uh, it is it is strange to see some of these women used in this way. But uh, you know, I will wait and see what they have in mind. Uh, one thing that we don't have to wait any longer for is the debut of Killer Cross. Tommaso Ciampa at the end of the show did a little promo saying, fine, Johnny, I'm done with you. You and Candice can do your thing. I give up. I'm out. Um, but what I'm going to do next is, boom, and he gets attacked out of nowhere. The camera falls over, so you can't really see what happens. The next thing that you see is Tommaso's dead face falling into frame. And a boot, a big old leather boot comes in the left, or, or vinyl boot comes in the left side. Scarlet Bordeaux. And then uh, someone leans over Ciampa, starts snarling at him. And then looks up into the camera, and it's Killer Cross, who, from what I understand, because you can't use the word "killer" in WWE, is changing his name to Carrion Cross with a with a K, Carrion K Carrion Cross. Uh, and K so yeah, it looks like Carrion 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 Commercify Calamity. That will be Cross. awful. Oh, it's not that bad. You'll get used to it. How's he? It's not. not how's he not going to be Killer Cross? He's going to be carrying cross. It's fine. It's not like Viking experience levels of bad. Get over it. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. I thought I didn't think Kevin Owens was going to. I thought Kevin Owens was a weird one because I'm so used to Kevin Steen. It's fine. It'll be fine. Okay. It'll be fine. Okay. Um, is this is because here's one thing that I was worried about this. You got to put over over cross hard. Big carry. I'm, I'm going to start getting used to calling him carrying cross. This is not Dijakovic levels of bad. Carrying Cross is fine. We're still probably going to call him Killer Cross for a while, but it's fine. Yep. Ciampa's got to put him over, right? Like he's got to totally. make him look good here. Like this is a commitment. Like you, is, you're gonna have, you're gonna debut him against your former champion like this. Like yeah. you've got to commit. Like he's got he's, he's got to get over Ciampa. This just made me think that Ciampa was saying, "Look, I don't have that many bumps left. I've got a limited my my clock of bumps is 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 drawing to a close." Is Ciampa now kind of on the backswing of his career where he's going to start pu putting guys over and start maybe transitioning into a backstage role, which he said he wanted to do? Maybe. Uh, he, wanted, he wanted to get into producing. Like, is this the beginning? Of, we're starting to see that now where he's getting infused with guys who need to get over. Uh, Gargano puts over Gargano, puts over Karrion Cross. Like, that's the first uh, thing I thought. Yeah. Possibly. Very, very possibly. I, I don't know if this is what I want Champa to be doing right away, but I, I think he's done almost everything he can do in NXT. 
I feel yeah. like he he's he he's him and Johnny with the tag championships and the fights with mm-hmm. AOP and revival. He's been and, champ. Uh, they've they've had the singles matches and all of that stuff between he him said he, and Johnny. He said he's never he's never going to main roster. He said it. Yep. So yeah. two times now he's had two rounds with Johnny, uh, coming back as a heel and then kind of coming back as a feels face like eighteen or something. Holy smokes! It's it's all over the place. Yeah, there's nothing for else him for him to do in NXT or unless we bring other people in or build story around them because yeah. he has nothing for anyone to come and get. So he has no threat. Uh, there's, yeah. I don't, the why title is, needs, what I want to know is why is Killer Cross going up for Champa? Why is he going after Champa? What's the rationale? Yeah. Uh, they, they tell me the story make, there. They can make a whole bunch. Yeah. They can make a whole bunch. You think you're the baddest guy me. in NXT? Don't I'm, just do know, it, right? Just tell the, me the story. Well, they're going to get there, Mr. Impatient. It's the first week he just showed up. I'm I'm Nick booking. You you said, at, what do you want to see from Champa here? Where do you think Champa goes? I think it, I, the Killer Cross thing's fine. Tell me why. Tell me why going I should to. do. I know. As you're assuming they are. I, I, yes, I am assuming they are because that's what you have to do. Yeah. Good God, man. Uh, speaking of intimidating people, Dexter Loomis, he's back. Had a match with Tahuti Miles, murdered him. Uh, two up and comers though. Uh, Tahuti Miles. To who? Tahuti. Never mind. Anyway. Uh, how do you perceive their respective ceilings? I thought Tahuti looked good here. Like he's got a good. Sure. Little they both swaggery did. gimmick coming out. I think it's a little the, the swagger stuff a little too close to like him and Swerve Scott. There's a there's a few too many dudes coming out, you know, swagging I'm, it up. I'm no way Jose scared for this guy, in a way. For Tootie, <laughs> because I think Dexter Loomis, Dexter Loomis has the potential to be a damn megastar. With that, because he just looks at you. Yeah. It's a, and but then it's you a got wonder. that Stranger Things yeah. soundtrack playing in the background the whole time, and and I'm just like. Stop looking they, at me, Dexter. They no, gotta no. find more levels to it. It's it's yeah. a one note gimmick right now. Sure, it's a it's an early '90s one note gimmick. It's a damn good one, I but they it. gotta find more levels to it. I love it, especially I, I, in this era where we're in right now, where the the there's it's empty arenas, and the only thing that, and he do, he says nothing. He makes no noises. He doesn't do anything. He just stares into your soul to the tune of Stranger Things, basically. And <laughs> it's effective. It, it works. But again, it's one note. You got to show me more. Like, yes, you can come out and be be intimidating, but that's go back and look at all those gimmicks in like 94, 93, and how many of them were just like, yeah, they come in the, on first impression. You're like, okay, I get it. Now what? Now what else you got? Yeah. What's second gear? What's third gear? What else do you have? Kind of Chris Statlander so syndrome in a way. Kind of, yeah. If you want to look at modern take of it. But but he, this is a way more specific gimmick than even hers. Hers is like, what the hell even is her gimmick? She's so an alien this is that boobs. <laughs> Thanks. Cool. Great. What next? Right. Well, I, what, I, again, what else you got? I, I, I think Loomis <laughs> has a great starting place, but he's yeah. we got to see more from him. Yeah. Uh, Zia Lee finally got her win back on Aaliyah, who uh, took her out because she kicked Lee in the face and broke her broke her nose, which made her nose look much better. Shockingly, uh, wonder how that works. Uh, but then. Uh, I guess when Aaliyah came back, she took out Zaylee backstage. Now Zaylee kills Aaliyah. So yay! All right, wrap that up. Cool. Aaliyah's got a new nose. Wrapped up that little storyline. Great. Charlotte Flair gave a very interesting promo where she said, "Yes, I'm the best. I've beaten everybody else, and now I've come to NXT, and I'm going to beat everybody here. And once I beat everybody in NXT, I will be the best of the past, of the present, 
and of the future. I've beaten everybody in NXT when I was there. And then I went to the main roster. I beat everybody in the present. I beat all the horsewomen. And now I'm back in NXT, the supposed future of WWE. I'm going to beat everybody. I'm going to run through everybody here. And once I do that, then I will be the greatest. Can I tell what you a secret? You yes. I believe her. It's, you know, the thing about, and we're going to talk about this some more in a second. The thing about a great heel promo is when they've kind of like makes you hate them because they're, they're not wrong. And you go, oh, I want to hate you, but you make a damn good point and it sucks. I hate you more now. That's kind of what this was. She ain't wrong. And I think the people that really got beef on this were the ones that were like, well, yeah, you were giving it all. Vince booked you to have all that. Tell me she didn't deserve it. She's really tell me, good. Tell me she isn't really freaking good. She's athletically, has, she's athletically gifted, has the six-foot volleyball body to do this. She dresses well, looks the part. You can put her on TV, and she speaks from promos really well. She's She toes the company line really. Has nothing to do with her last name. It doesn't. Her last name doesn't it hurt. It helps. <laughs> her last name doesn't hurt at all. Let's be yeah. clear. It yeah. doesn't hurt. What also doesn't hurt is she has everything you want as the top person in, a, in your company. Becky Lynch is currently the number one star in WWE. But she is that because she's not the Charlotte Flair. She's not the Roman Reigns. She's not the John Cena. She's not the normal one. She's the, the she's usual. She's the people's champ. Typical. She's the rock. She's a people's champ. Exactly. Yep. Even the rock, was, I would say, is, is not a people. He called himself the people's champ. But he's not like Stone Cold was the people's champ. Right? He was the, uh, the atypical guy you wanted to see kick the, the ass of the, of the, of the authority, of the, of, the, of the boss, of whatever, right? And I'm not saying Becky Lynch is stone cold. They're apples and oranges. But I'm saying that is what she satisfies, is the, the people who don't want to see the Charlotte Flairs, the, the valedictorian cheerleaders running the place. Yep. But at the end of the day, the valedictorian cheerleaders are the ones that run the place because they did the work to be valedictorian and because they have the skills to be the cheerleader. That's what Charlotte is. She ha if, you, if you were to say you get one woman from WWE to base your whole company around, if you don't say Charlotte Flair, I question your business acumen. Yeah. So in that sense, should Charlotte be the one to be saying all this? Yeah, she gets it because she deserves it. That being said, that puts her in the position, if you have someone up on a pedestal, you can make other people come along and knock them off. And the more of a pedestal she puts herself on, the more rubs someone gets when they finally knock her off. So if they have someone who they do want to be the future, like a Rhea Ripley, Rhea now has a redemption angle to go to. And we've seen how long they will play those in NXT. Redemption angles can last for years in NXT, and they're good at that. So I have all faith, actually, with the people that are taking care of this storyline that we can have something where Charlotte actually ends up putting somebody over at the end of all of this. Is she going to run through all of your favorites in NXT? Yes, she is. Yep. Prepare, prepare yourselves. Strap in. She's going to beat all your favorites. She's going to be prepare your butt. It's going to happen. Prepare <laughs> your buttholes. Get the chicken grease because it's going to happen. Mia Yim first on the list. Mia Yim next week. <laughs> first, right. Oh yeah, Mia Yim. You were my first match in NXT back in the day. I'm taking you out first. Says Charlotte, yep, Mia Yim, she's going down. Io Shirai, she's going down. Shotzi, bye. 
Everybody around there is going to get taken out by Charlotte. So just prepare yourselves. But at the end of the day, it is for a greater purpose. They did the exact so, same thing with Shayna for the last two years, guys. Let's and Oscar before that. And Oscar before that. So if you haven't seen the pattern in the template, you know, it's Charlotte is even more believable than Oscar and Charlotte in a way. If you think about it in in that respect. So yeah, I listen, I I joking if you would ask me a year or two ago, I would probably make some joke about Charlotte Reigns or something like that or handed opportunities or things like that, but I have come full circle. I have come around. Roman Reigns and Becky Lynch aren't getting asked to show up on Fox primetime sports broadcast. Charlotte Flair is. No, uh, Becky is. Roman has been. Uh, they, they have, but here's the thing. Is that Charlotte is in a position where they can continue to put her out there no matter whether she has a title or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, we'll talk. Roman's got some interesting stuff going on right now. There's a reason why Roman is getting... They're 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 pulling back on him again. Yeah, just that. But um, oh, but did I spoil uh, something? I'm sorry. What? I didn't I didn't hear it, okay. so it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, Charlotte's always going to be Charlotte, yeah. whether she has a title or not. And mainstream people recognize that last name, and I know a lot of people get oh yeah, it's the last name thing again. It carries some weight too, opens some doors, so. Doesn't like the total package as far as what Vince wants, as far as what anyone who runs a company like this should want. She's got it all. So hard to argue with Charlotte getting this one, um, even though it's gonna it's gonna burn because you're gonna watch her as you say, kind of Charlotte reigns her way through the whole thing. But at least she's doing it in a way where she's looking out at you and going, "Yes, I'm gonna run through all your people." It's not like Roman Reigns or John Cena were like, "Oh, they're gonna try so hard and." They're going to overcome the odds. It's like, no, 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 no. There's no, there's no like false impression that this guy who's never been, who's never tapped out and never gives up is somehow going to give up because the odds are stacked against them. That's what defines like the Roman Reigns thing is like, he's a plucky baby face yet somehow also the strongest guy in the company. Like that, those two things don't compute. Right. Charlotte saying, I'm the strongest person in the company and nobody can beat me, F you, is a very different thing to Roman Reigns. Agreed. So Agreed. that, that I think, works. But you know what? We're talking a whole lot about the main roster, Nick. Maybe let's just, let's just cut corners and go over and talk about Friday Night SmackDown. We before we talk about anything that's going to happen on that happened last night on SmackDown, we have to talk about what was announced mm-hmm. for Money in the Bank, and we're going to come up with some fun kind of name for it because it's not what you would expect to be a Money in the Bank match. So, breaking news: if you hadn't haven't heard and you weren't paying attention during the very quick time that they went over it yeah. on SmackDown, <laughs> they just barely touched on it. It was like a, a blip. If you blinked or went to the <laughs> took a bio break or went to go get a drink and you came back from they were coming back for commercial. Oh yeah, by the way, we're gonna do this thing where we make them climb all the way to there. All right, all right next we're gonna have a <laughs> wait, wait, what, 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 wait what? Huh? What did you say? What? what? Huh? So we are going to have a climb the corporate ladder money in the bank match where oh. they are all going. The match is going to be held at WWE Titan Towers headquarters in Stamford, Connecticut. What? They're going to start in reception, what? and they there is going to be a wrestling ring 
on, on the, the roof, roof of the Titan the Towers. With a ladder. With a ladder, and somehow from midair, they're going to suspend a briefcase. I've, I've seen the setup. They have a crane. I am so sports intrigued right now. <laughs> also, okay, so they I want this it. so bad I didn't know I wanted it. Get get this. They've already apparently started pre-filming a bunch of this stuff. A lot of it's already already taped. They're shooting it like the Boneyard match. It's going to be cinematic. Um, hopefully more like the Boneyard, less like the Edge and Randy Orton match. But they're shooting it. They're, they're pre-shooting it, and they're going to go edit it. So it's already done. Good. Or, getting, or mostly done. Um, but this sounds absolutely insane. Yeah. But again, isn't this what we're always asking for is get creative. Yes. Make us go what? Make us do weird things out of the box. And given the fact that they are like, you can't have a big old cluster match right now because that's bad optics. This is brilliant. How do we, who pitched this? How do we make sure that not everyone is in the same place at the same time? How do we do that? Make it interesting. I mean, it sounds like they started with the catchphrase and then worked backwards, right? We call it climb the corporate ladder. Which is kind of a, um, start at the end and work backwards. Yeah, weird. absolutely. But that's a, that's a, that's a bit of a, a sensitive topic right now, isn't it? Uh, but yeah. I saw the poster for this. They put the poster out, uh, whatever, like right before SmackDown, actually. I thought it was a joke. I thought it was kayfabe news because it looks like a bad, uh, Photoshop job. They like literally cut and paste like little people on ladders on the side. I was like, what is this? What is this? has got to be a joke. Nope. It's real. Money in the bank is going to be them climbing a damn building. It's going to be like we, we've been saying it in the chat, in, in, in all over the chat, and everything. We're like, it's it's like the raid. It's like dread. Yes, only only wrestling. I, awesome. I, think, it, I think it's going to be fantastic. I think, I think we are going to be, be very pleasantly surprised by this. Uh, by the way, so. before we move on, um, your sunglasses just tipped us ten dollars. Oh, ah, that's nice. Saying, they, Ian, I appreciate you not wearing me at night. But, All right. So thank you, Sir Ian's sunglasses, for $10 in the tip jar, I guess. <laughs> I'm even trying to remember how that line goes right now. I wear my sunglasses at night so, so I, I can, so, so I, I can. can. Yeah. Uh, these visions in my mind. I don't even remember how that line goes, but yeah, thank you. Thank you, sunglasses. You tipped us more than you're actually worth. So yes. I appreciate Yay. that. <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> we actually covered that song one time. It was terrible. Um, so yeah, I'm I am intrigued mm-hmm. by this new Money in the Bank thing. And the poster is fantastic, by the way. No, it's like not. It, it's, it looks it, like a some a kind of way. King Kong cheesy poster thing. That they put the four rest. Look, they're trying to make. All movie posters look the same these days. They're all trying to, mo- to copy the Star Wars, you know, template where they put all these people on the on the poster at the same time and they have this kind of point that leads to something. And you can see the top of Titan Towers and you can see the ladder up there and you can see all the briefcase hanging and whatever. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun either way you cut it. And I, I know there's some doubters out there and some eye rollers and, oh, God, but... This is the kind of stuff we want them to be doing lest we be stricken to continue to have smackdowns the way that we had them. You know, we're just empty arenas with matches, no real kind of eh. Or do we want Boneyard and Firefly Funhouse stuff? There's an argument for both. There's pros and cons of both. 
but I think a nice intermix yeah. of the two is, is a healthy formula. Could be good. Yep. Something else is a healthy formula is uh, Mandy and Sonia and Otis and Ziegler. It continues, Nick. They, they threw a twist in this. It's no longer – they actually – Nick – it's a red letter day. WWE pivoted a storyline from one intriguing angle to another. They actually evolved the storyline. I'm shocked. They took us from the Otis and Mandy, will he or won't he, Beauty and the Beast, you know, CAD sneaks in thing to now all of a sudden it's about Sonya and all the bad feelings she had for Mandy over all of these years and the strange dynamic where Dolph Ziggler is now like, Heart-stricken because Mandy left him. Otis is now with Mandy, and they're like a power couple. It's This is wild. Sonya came out and delivered a, what I'm going to call a brass ring promo. Yeah, well, well after Nick. what happened on Wednesday, wouldn't you? In her position? <laughs> a little back up against the wall is what you're saying? Uh, this was This was wild. She comes out. And uh, basically, almost, I mean, not almost, she had tears in her eyes, uh, tearfully pleads with Mandy to come out and tell her, let, let her tell her what she's been trying to say all week. She's been on social media saying, I've got to talk to you. Like, uh, I, I thought this was the LGBT angle we were going to get. And that's what they were, that's what they made you finally think they were leading towards. Going towards, yes. you know, that's like, we've been caught, we've been waiting for this for over a year. Right, you finally they're going to say, it. Mandy. I just want to tell you, I love you. You shouldn't be with Otis. You should be with me. with me. That's what we thought, but it turned into something wholly else. Because she went, "You are the most selfish person I've ever met." Um, I knew you were going to leave me and our tag team partnership the second that, like, you know, you got interested in Otis. Um, she was saying, "You have no talent. I was this team." I was, but yet you were the centerfold, pretty blonde, bottle blonde Barbie. Fire and, and desire had nothing to do with me. Right. We came out to your music. I was blurred out because of your stupid graphics, but I was the core of this team the entire time. Mm. I'm an actual fighter. Mm. You don't even have any talent. Mm. Huh, huh. Gut shot, gut shot. Jab. Oh, this was brutal. Um, and it, it, the thing is, is like the emotion when she first came out, as far as acting in WWE goes, was great. It got a little bit off the rails once we got into the actual dialogue because Mandy couldn't act her way out of a wet paper sack. Right. But Sonya was there. Uh, she was at the right emotional place. Like from an acting standpoint, she was right where she should have been. This is what we've been uh, waiting for from Sonya for years yeah, now. Yeah. Like, this opportunity. It. And I she thought just, she, Jordan phase back. Swish. <laughs> Just absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Some of the lines she was throwing at Mandy, I was just like, damn, dude. How Amanda. What's that mean where the guy goes, ah? <laughs> it was that like was that. Me. That, was, that was me the whole time. <laughs> and it was, like we said with Charlotte, some of the best heel promos are the ones where you go, ooh, they got a point. They got a point. But, of course, uh, at a certain point, this brings out Dolph Ziggler, who comes to Mandy and says, don't tell me that you didn't feel anything for me. He tries to brush her hair off her shoulder. She goes, "Don't touch me." Yep. And uh, <laughs> right as right as she goes, she starts to go in on on Dolph. Sonya comes in with the hard right and just decks the crap out of her. 
Dolph's like, why did you do that? And then Otis runs out to save his woman, and then there's a brawl. And everyone's fighting everybody else, and ultimately, Otis and Mandy stand tall. But my goodness. My So, fun goodness. fact, in a rare occurrence, Esther actually watched a lot of SmackDown with me last night. And yep. during the show, she actually exclaimed, this is the best storyline I've ever seen. And it's been for the last six months. Because I've been keeping her updated. She's like, why are you so into Otis? He's so gross. Ew, why is Mandy hanging out with him? So I've been I've been telling her, like, a, no, it's the story of the jock that could never get the girl, and she's like the hot cheerleader and all this, right? And so she's been invested with me for the whole time, and then she was actually there, coincidentally, watching Sonia give that fiery speech last night, and then bang, and then Dolph comes out, and then Otis comes running down, and then the whole thing turns into a big fracas, and just she's just glued, just... Yeah, and it, here's the thing: Staring. is that it, fe- it feels natural. It yes. feels like these people are acting. I mean, as natural as you can get in wrestling and in WWE in particular. But you know what I mean? Like this feels more organic. It feels more. I think to steal a line from chat, who said organic down there? She, um, just, she just texted me, says, "I can hear you," and I agree. Very invested now. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it, it feels it feels like these characters are going in interesting ways that you you could believe they would go in. Yeah. Are they going to be able to keep this storyline at this level of quality with the writer of this gone? They fired the woman who wrote this storyline for the last six months. Are they going to be able to keep this up now that she's gone? Or is God, this going I to all fall so. apart? Can you imagine? Please give Sonya the chance because she this can do falls this. Apart, if this falls apart after this, if, they st- if, this, if this goes off the rails after this, we're, it's going to be obvious they fired the one person who knew how to do this. And that's going to make it even more frustrating that they laid her off. And hopefully it's a furlough and they bring her back. But, man, this is one of the better things that they have. They're getting people over. Like, when we talked about the Rusev, Lana, Lashley storyline, right? Yeah. It was awful. And the, the reason we said ultimately that it was awful was not because it was watchable. It was trashily watchable. Yeah. But it wasn't you. getting anyone over. No. It wasn't getting anyone over. It did nothing for day, any of those people. It didn't you know it ruined it ruined Rusev. It got him kicked out of the company, I would argue. It was his last it, it, chance. It, it, it shit all over a, a complete repackage of Liv Morgan. Yep. Um, it ruined everyone associated with it. Yeah. It 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 put, took Lashley down a bunch of pegs, which he didn't need had to have happen. It made Lana like people loved Lana. Now they can't stand her. They cannot stand Lana now. It ruined Lana. Terrible storyline. This is getting everyone over. This is making Dolph Ziggler interesting. I'm, in, I'm like, wow, Dolph's got a heart here. I'm intrigued by this. I'm intrigued by everyone in the storyline. Like even Mandy, you present her as like a dumb bottle blonde, whatever, but you turn around and go, yeah, she's got enough character to see something in a guy like Otis. Right? Everyone in this is going to get is, is looking better coming out of this. That's yep. a good storyline. Totally. So, I, 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 guys, you guys know I've been high on the hog on this one for since it started. I'm so like, don't call this is real. <laughs> Calling out as a hog. Um, a storyline I didn't quite understand so much is in the tag team picture because we had the other side of the uh, the, the match from WrestleMania where now Big E, Jay Uso, and The Miz had a triple threat for the tag team championships, which makes all the sense in the world. Let's have another tag team match where there's no tag teams. <laughs> and this one, the tag team championships changed hands. Big E ends up winning the match, which was great for his celebration. 
but not so great when you consider that you just had the tag team titles lost on a non-tag team match. So what did you think about this, Nick? It was, it was a fun match. Obviously, I love, I love me some Big E, but was this the right decision to do? I'm looking through your notes here, and I don't see a call-out to what happened at the end here. Okay. Because, yes, Big E does, is victorious, as you said, and is all but ma- literally making out with the tag team championships. Literally as we, making out. As we get video promos on screen from Kofi Kingston, supposedly in real time, uh, from Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, who somehow magically promoted every single thing he's done in the last 10 years in 30 seconds. Um, but I, while this was all going on, we got another hacker interference here. Yes. Where it said the truth will be heard. Mm-hmm. And what they started showing were, and I'm, this has a point, I'm, I'm, I'm pretexting this a little bit, by they showed a bunch of the tag teams, Miz and Morrison, New Day, several others, right? I want, are we going to break up the New Day? So I actually do have this. If you look at the notes, it's the second to last bullet point there. It's about Hoodsie the Hacker is what I'm calling him. Uh, okay. Uh, so we'll get to that because we'll get to that because I want to I want to Nick I want to do some crazy speculation stuff on that one. Oh God, we're yeah. already behind. Um, all right, well let's let's power through SmackDown so we can yeah. get to that. But uh, because there's other things I wanted to discuss before we started figuring out who might be breaking up thanks to Hoodsy the Hacker and his inside information. Uh, so yes, New Day now tag champions again for the eighth time, one shy of the record held by the Dudley Boys, which you know means at some point they going to tie that, they going to surpass it. Just saying. Means they got to lose him again really soon. Yeah. And then gain him back. And then gain him back before they break him up, Nick. We're coming back to this. We're coming back to yep. this. Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro. Had a, they had a better match than I thought they were going to. They let them actually work. But ultimately, Daniel Bryan does go on to money in the bank. Um, I thought this was... I don't know why it says between Bryan and Gulak there. Messed up. Between Bryan and Cesaro. But... Uh, Yes, I thought this was a better than the Daniel Bryan Nakamura match because they actually let the two guys work. They went out there and showed how good they are. Uh, Daniel Bryan going on to Money in the Bank. Okay, cool. Please we had let a moment Cesaro of wrestle more. I seriously, with guys like Daniel Bryan, I think <sighs> we should say. God, he was good in this. Um, but that's pretty much all there is to say about it. It was a good match yeah. between two guys who you know can go out there and put on. But by the way, dude, Christ, they were hitting each other hard in this match. Yeah. Those two guys who like getting hit. Um, I felt like I got hit when we had a moment of bliss with Braun Strowman. It was an awkward segment with lots of silence. Braun out there drinking coffee with the, the two little ladies, Bliss and Cross. Yep. Asking him about Bray, and he's like, I know Bray's a manipulator. You're not going to be able to manipulate me. Oh, is this a present for me in the corner? You shouldn't have. And they're like, we didn't get you a present. What are you talking about? He's like, no, thanks. I really appreciate it. He opens up the present, and inside is his old... Black lamb mask. His black sheep mask. The black sheep. He's all looking at it like, cannot compute. And then Bray's Joker laugh starts playing over the PA. (laughs) And uh, that's the end of the segment. Um, Okay, Bray versus Braun is happening at Money in the Bank. If Bray beats Braun, does that mean the circle is complete and that Goldberg loss is erased linearly? Because he beat the guy that beat Goldberg, and we can move on now with Bray. Uh, or is this a, a bad choice to take the title off of Braun so quickly, which is the same thing they did with the Intercontinental title? I love this. I hate that the title is around Braun's waist to do this right now. 
I love the redemption angle of going after the people that betrayed Bray and the Wyatt family, right? Where's where's is Rowan going to come into play in this at some point? Maybe I don't know, but I I'm looking at this going. I am I I would really be into this. See, giving given Bray's track record of success over the last year, almost year with this, like I I am I'm trusting in Bray and the people that have helped him with the Firefly Funhouse. How's that going to work out with the title? I don't know that I want to care about the title right now. I want to see how this develops. But Money in the Bank's in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how much time does it really have to marinate and for them to tell us a really good story? The John Cena thing came out of nowhere, but I, I it had nothing to do with the title, really. And well, I, that's I feel why like it was the, good. The, Bra- the Braun thing could be fantastic if they had weeks to build these packages, have promos, tell stories, have little uh, face-offs, and all of those little things. See, I, Nick, I think they're going to be able to tell a story well here because of their shared history, all the footage they can pull on that. I think that we're going to get a good story. But why is Bray going for the championship again? He shouldn't lose to Braun. If you want to keep him viable, he's got to beat Braun. He's got to, he's got to murder well, he's, Braun. He's, well... Right, I mean, but does, I mean, what does that do? That begs that the question: Is Reigns going to be the one that takes out the Fiend, or are they going to do it with Braun here? I don't think they're going to pull the trigger that quickly. Or are they going to do it with Roman at this point? Are they? Or we, is Roman's Fiend going to become the final is, boss? He's he's immunocompromised, and he just had babies, which we'll talk about later. So or yeah. they're pregnant at least, right? So he's going to be out for some time on with paternity duties. So. Mm. I, could it be Braun that, that defeats the Fiend? I, you know, as big as he is? No. No. And that's what's weird to me. That's what's weird to me. This is originally but, the reason why we said last summer, keep it in your pants, keep him away yep. from titles. The Fiend and the Funhouse work without titles. And right as soon as they pulled it back into their pants, we're like, okay, we'll put it back in our pants, and then we'll just, they'll have the John Cena thing, and look, we'll go, we'll go back. Like, okay... Everyone not looking again. We're ripping it out of our pants again. Yep. No, God damn it! Keep them away from the title. But we're, it's not going to happen. He's going to get the title back. Yeah. Uh, speaking of titles, Bailey is your women's champ. Hey. Sasha Banks had a match with Tamina because last week Bailey volunteered her for it. If Tamina wins, she gets a title shot at Bailey's championship. We had Bailey on commentary during this match. Tried to interfere at one point, but Lacey Evans came out, took out Bailey. So Tamina took out Sasha. Uh, Lacey said she's coming for Sasha, which is weird. I didn't know they had beef. I thought Lacey had beef with Bailey because she's the one that beat her at Royal Rumble, but whatever. Uh, wasn't even – she took out Sasha at, at WrestleMania too. I'm not sure why she has beef with Sasha, aside from the fact that they have a Money in the Bank qualifier match next week. Yep. Which might, but So I guess we're having a one-week feud between the two of them. I, I don't know if Lacey's going to be going for the title after this. I don't know no, 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 what's going on. Um, there were there was teaser a of a tag team between Tamina and Lacey Evans. Yeah. Uh, just, I, uh, no. Uh, uh, no. No. Well, yeah. I mean, this loss here, obviously, just to build resentment or the impression of resentment between Sasha and Bailey. One more thing that Bailey, you know, volunteered Sasha for, and then Sasha got beat. So we'll come back to that, though. I'm gonna, I got more to say about this. Let's talk about the other side of the women's division. Dana Brooke, with a surprise win over Naomi, Dana Brooke just beat Naomi. Clean as a whistle. 
and gave her a Batista bomb in the process. Little wink to Big Dave. Because of their little history. Um, I don't know how to feel about this because I love Dana. I've wanted you do. her to get I've wanted her to get that push for uh, some time. I love the fact that she's in the women's money in the bank match now. Yeah. But I'm also sitting here going, wait. She's already going for the tag titles with Carmella. Naomi I doesn't have next. Naomi doesn't have shit to do. And Carmella pointed that out to her backstage. Was like, what right. are you doing doing this? That, we were supposed to be going for the so tag it's like, titles. Literally like, on both. the nose, uh, little you know, <laughs> that they're calling attention to this, that Naomi has absolutely nothing to do. And I'm sitting here going, Well, yeah, it's a no brainer. They're doing this backstage to explain why Dana Brooke is about to lose to Naomi. But at least they're but getting multiple didn't. You're giving me multiple levels of storyline here because now she's going to be Money in the Bank. Let's be clear. She's going to be Money in the Bank with Nia Jax, Asuka, and Shayna Baszler. Those are the three women we know are already in it. Dana Brooke's going to get killed. Yeah. But at least the storyline is there where Carmella and she are going to have some beef. And maybe they're trying to work on multiple levels of storyline in the women's division in WWE SmackDown. And that, I've got to give them. Okay. You've got Mandy and Sonya doing something. You've got Bailey, Sasha, Lacey, and Tamina doing something maybe we're trying to do something now with carmella and dana that's three women's storylines at once we were saying it sucks that they only have one going it's only the main the you know the people going for the title picture now they've got three i gotta give props to that nick i've got to give props to them at least trying to have three viable storylines that don't involve someone stealing someone else's man yeah. except you know the kind of the otis Dolph thing but that was a new twist on it so it's sure. not like jealousy it's not like she's fat so i'm gonna beat her up They've got three storylines that are about competition. I got to give credit where credit's due. All right? At least they've got that. Yeah. So. But what's Naomi going to do now? That is the question. I am very. Maybe she gets a second chance redemption match for Money in the Bank and she ends up in it anyway. I, is I my think thought. So. That was going to be my thought, too. Somehow she's going to find a way to be in the match anyway. Yeah. Like they get a redemption match with her and Carmella. Like Carmella loses her match. Uh, Naomi loses her match. They both get a redemption match. Sure. Something like that. Yeah. So I could see that happening. Or, I mean, Nia uh, Jax could lose her spot. That ain't happening. Sorry, buddy. You're stuck with her. Yeah. You're stuck. You're stuck watching her climb a ladder. Uh, climbing a corporate ladder, that is. Sheamus had a squash match against Denzel Dejournet. Dejournet? Dejournet? They didn't know how to pronounce it either on commentary. So I don't know. Uh, another squash match. So it makes me wonder if they brought Sheamus back with no idea what they were going to do with him. Except at the very end, Michael Cole started transitioning into this video piece about Jeff Hardy. And Seamus stopped him and got pissed. He's like, how dare you interrupt me talking about this idiot Jeff Hardy? And I went, aha, that's what they got Seamus doing. Yep. He's going to murder Jeff Hardy because they're going to punish Jeff Hardy for Jeff Hardy being Jeff Hardy. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Not any more interested in this, but no. noted. Noted. I've, I've not had I've had I've had zero interest in Sheamus since he returned, unfortunately. I and unfortunately, I don't have a whole lot of interest in Jeff Hardy right now, even though they did have another another video package this week about him going through all his drug problems and how he you know kind of hit bottom multiple times. I understand <sighs> that at a certain point, you stop getting chances. Right. At a certain point, it's 20 uh, years over now. 100 people lost their job this week. Yeah. And at a certain point, if you don't learn your over own 100. lessons, you don't get any more chances. Right. So He's still I've got a little bit of to them, real IRL beef with with this, the, the fact that Jeff Hardy... Now, if Sheamus comes out and just absolutely murders him and it's a whole thing to embarrass Jeff Hardy, I think that's in poor taste as well. 
Right. Yes. You know, execution yes. style, so to speak. Right. Like I don't, I don't want that either. And we just saw a lot of talented people walk out the door. But no, let's keep keep giving opportunities to someone who can't control themselves and has an addiction problem. And we haven't we seen how well that's worked out in the past, guys? Haven't we? Let's see. We'll see. Fingers crossed for Jeff that he can keep it together. And um, hopefully they put together something with him and Seamus that's good. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of high hopes. But I do have a high hope for what Hoodsy the Hacker is talking about. Let's talk about that right now, man. Okay. Um, so when he, that he interrupted the Gulak, Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro thing, right? It was, yep. it was Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro, but all those guys were ringside. So he interrupted them, which I remember before he was always interrupting the Mandy and Otis segments and ended up being about them. Yep. So now he's interrupting them. So it made me think that maybe he's subtly saying that, you know, Gulak and Daniel Bryan might have something happening, but the clips he showed when he was saying, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. He showed Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. He showed the Usos, showed the New Day, which was what you were concerned about. He showed Miz and Morrison. But the only team, the only people he showed in there that weren't a tag team were Sasha and Bailey. Also the ones that are kind of the most obvious right. ones to betray each other. And all you'd have to do is show Bailey being like, I hate that bitch, Sasha, but I keep her around because I can throw her to the wolves or whenever I want. <laughs> and boom, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, and then exactly. you have and then you have beef. So for me, I wouldn't that be a cheap like, way to throw that away though? Yes, I mean the hacker thing. It, yes. it, just, it would be a complete waste of that whole build and weeks and months of the no. of the, the they, blue ring not, up on the thing. It's not revealing the hacker. I feel like the hacker is not going to be revealed till much later. I don't think they're going to show up. You know, Mustafa Ali. It's I don't think rabbit. that he's going to. I don't think that he's going to. It's not Ramblin' Rabbit. Ramblin'. <laughs> that was not Ramblin'. That was not. <laughs> Pulls his head off. It was me all along. It was me all along, Austin. <laughs> you wonder who the hacker was. I'm investing in trees. Yeah. I uncovered Anywho, all your secrets. I, um, I got pictures I of you in the bathroom. Listen, I don't know if we're going to see Xavier Woods in, in WWE again in a wrestling capacity. Unfortunately. You are. He's coming back in I like don't... a month or two. He is. He's going to. You think the New Day's breaking up? I think it's... Uh, I, I also think that you're right that they're going to go beat the Dudley Boys record. Yeah. So I think at some point... Listen, to me, there's no... I, after seeing Big E's promo before the match this week, last night, God, I want that man to have a singles push more than I think I ever have. And that promo and then seeing the way that he was goofily making out with the titles after the match. That's Big E, though. Just, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. And I want, there's nobody else in WWE right now that I want to have a massive singles push than Big E Langston. Agreed. Agreed. Um, you know what, Nick? That, that actually means, that, that actually brings us to what usually is our moment of positivity. But before we have to get to that, we've got to quickly say, yeah, Corbin Elias, they're still feuding. Corbin beat the crap out of Elias. Okay. This is better Great. than the royalty stuff, though. I want to make that point. I like the fact that he did he's, look, an, he's a, a psycho a killer brutal, now. I love it. Was that. A real brutal, it was a brutal beatdown. It yeah. really was a brutal beatdown. Credit where credit's due. I really don't care about Corbin versus Elias. I really don't. I think they're trying to make Corbin look particularly vicious for his match with Gulak next week, which is going to qualify for money in the bank. But I don't care about Corbin and Elias. I just don't. 
at least this was a brutal beatdown. I can say that. I might be like, all right, this was particularly nasty. At least this was a backstage beatdown and nobody got dog food poured on them. <laughs> Good point. Good point. And with that, we are yes. done with the wrestling, but we're not done with the show because we've got to head over and do what has been dubbed by Mr. Sean Clark mm. as our moment of positivity. That's right. The mop. The moment of positivity. Mop. Mop, mop. Mop, 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 Sir Ian Dangerous, what was your moment of positivity, uh, I guess, since Raw? Since we did our last Biggie, show on Tuesday. Biggie, 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 Biggie. Everything that Biggie does. Yes. Giving his fire promo before the match. Going nuts after the match. Making out the titles. Sitting on Corey Graves' lap. Just being, just being Biggie. Just what that guy does is just absolute nonstop entertainment. Yes. And he he is one of those rare guys that can be funny and entertaining and still make you feel like he can kick anybody's ass. And that's a, that is a rare thing. I've got to say it's it's just Biggie. Just, just Biggie all around. Biggie just makes me happy. Butterflies and unicorns. Yes. And pancakes and Cheerios. I was, I, was, I was actually torn this week uh, between two women. I was torn between the promos or the packages of Britt Baker in her dentist office with her whiteboard or Sonya Deville. And I think the reaction that I had to Sonya Deville's promo was my favorite thing of this week. Mm. I, I, we've, she deserves it. She's waited for it for years. She went out there and absolutely nailed it. <laughs> we knew she yeah. had it in her. And the best possible thing they could do right now is give us some matches. Please give us some matches between the two of them. Please make this a heated feud. Please involve Otis and Dolph. Please keep all of this going. Where's Tucky in all of this? Now, I, I said a couple of weeks ago, I was worried that he's going to get left behind. Yep. Poor he was Tucky nowhere Gennady. to be seen this week, and I'm that I'm scary because he's actually the actual only wrestler in this whole thing. I guess Otis was a wrestler too, but my point is, is like no, but we've Tucky's seen like, what Tucky can do the last couple of months. Dolph, Dolph's kind of a wrestler too, Nick. I'm just going to throw that out there. He's kind of you know, know. the greatest wrestler of all of them. But I can, yeah, Kent State, yeah, yeah, fine. Okay, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, Sony Deville, Sony Deville, absolutely. Finally, when the one of the hardest things to do, and I say this to people all the time when I'm coaching them at, at work and everything, is people can be the best talkers in the world, but the minute you put a camera and a microphone in front of them, they just go crazy. They have no idea what to do, right? She has been waiting for this moment for years. She's relied on social media and being a sidekick to keep herself relevant. And the moment that she gets the opportunity, she comes out and absolutely just knocks it out of the park. Get him, Daria. I hear you. Mm, I loved that. I, I absolutely loved that. I didn't see it coming. I thought this was going to be a crybaby, but I love you and you're my girlfriend kind of thing, and it just... Yeah, thank nope. God it wasn't. Thank <laughs> yes. God it wasn't. It was a real storyline. 
Yes. Yep. I can't Good wait stuff. to see where this goes. Please keep delivering. Please keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> yep. Yes. But that's our rest of our show, guys. Thank you so Oh, God, we're not done oh, yet. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep, 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 beep. That's with the blade on the guy in shades of no. Yeah. I'm, st- I'm sorry. Oh, it's stuck in my head now. now. <laughs> don't masquerade with the guy in shades of no. Oh, yeah. Well, this part I, I still remember. don't know what that means. None of, none of the song doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. No. That's why it was one I hit. still remember. I don't remember the Who's, rest of it. Corey Hart, who? What What other song did he have? Who? What? What? Huh? Yeah. Don't know. She's deceiving me. Cuts my security. I, the ratings this week. The ratings are in NXT 692,000 with a .17 in the 18 to 49 demo. AEW with 683 and a .25. Once again, NXT... Scrapes out a win in the Ooh. overall numbers, but that's because the all the old gray hairs are watching NXT. AEW is crushing it, crushing it on the 18 to 49 demo. Um, NXT wasn't even in the top 50 in the 18 to 49. It's all 50 plus watching NXT. It's insane. I I've was. Defi- I like am this. not 50 plus, and I was definitely watching nope. AEW. <laughs> well, there you go. That's the point. Point, point made. <laughs> Point and counterpoint. Yeah. Uh, on uh, bad news, the releases did continue after our our uh, surprise news episode the other day. Nick, um, Tenara Conti from NXT f- released for real this time, apparently, because there was that like was she or wasn't she at the beginning of the year? Apparently, she's gone for real. Um, Cesar Bononi never really got traction, unfortunately. Bye bye, Cesar. Mars Wang. Uh, Dan Matha, Nick Comoroto, Alyssa Marino, who was a, uh, a backstage interviewer. Tino Sabatelli. I hate to say it. Tino Sabatelli finally got released. Poor guy. Could not catch a damn break. Um, and he is no longer with us. Yeah. Uh, Mohammed Abel Fatah, also known as Mohammed Fahim. He's an Egyptian-born talent. Um, Marcos Gomez. He was from Brazil. He was a Muay Thai jiu-jitsu guy. Yeah. Uh, Faisal Kurdi from Saudi Arabia. Uh, Edgar Lopez, who was a Chilean, I believe, uh, football player. Uh, you had uh, Hussein Adagal from Saudi Arabia. He was a bodybuilder, big yoke guy. Yi Feng from uh, China. You might have seen him on TV, like, think once as uh, known as Rocky. Um, you, saw, you might have seen him as live, live events. And then, of course, another big one, Cassius Ono. These are all the last few were all ones that have been taken off of the PC site, so it's not 100% confirmed that they were released, released, but they're no longer on listed as PC uh, staff or talent. And then Cassius Ono was moved to the uh, alumni section. So, yeah, so uh, all of the main roster releases have a no compete until 715. I believe the NXT releases all are 30-day 30 30 no-compete, so that's mid-May. But uh, main roster, it's until uh, July 15th mm. is a no-compete. Yeah. Um, also, as I said on the previous in the show, I did check up. Uh, the Good Brothers, Mike and Maria Kanellis, all had... Uh, they had recently renewed their contracts. Their contracts were good until 2024. Yeah, they did five-year deals they were, last year. They were good. They are no longer. Rusev also was good till 23. Mm. So they did release some big contracts there, which is probably why they released so much money. 
for WWE to use. Uh, speaking of which, WWE, we were kind of getting down on them for going all the way live. But apparently, that's not the case. Plans have changed again. They will be now uh, doing a strange schedule of taping where they'll be kind of going off weeks, be taping two weeks every other week. Um, so, for example, on uh, Saturday the 25th, they're going to tape two episodes of SmackDown for the, the 1st and the 8th of May. Uh, Monday, they're going to tape two episodes of Raw, one for that night, and then the other one for May 4th. They've got to be taping um, a bunch of stuff cetera, for Money in the cetera, Bank, cetera. too, right? They've already been doing that, exactly. Yeah. They've already been on Stanford taping that before someone shuts them down. Yeah. So they're basically, they've now changed their schedule again. There's nothing saying that they're not going to change it again, possibly do some live shows in there. They have released a huge long schedule, which I won't get into here because it's a whole lot of stuff. But basically, they've, they've now got a schedule set up of tapings uh, to try to offset everything and a few live shows in there as well. So um, a way to just try to keep everyone as safe as possible. They are saying that, yes, although they don't have tests, they are having everyone, as, as long as they're not on camera, wearing masks, gloves, they're doing a pandemic-level wipe-down of everything at all times. So they are trying to be as safe as possible given the circumstances while still trying to put out the product. Yeah. So... You know, obviously, unless we're there, it's no way to know exactly how thorough they're being. But it sounds like from what they're saying, they're being as thorough as they could possibly be. Um, and some other bad news, though. WrestleMania 37 right here in Los Angeles may be in jeopardy. SoFi Stadium, where they're going to have it, the new, the new big stadium they're building down in Englewood, might not be open on time. They've pushed back the opening until June, possibly July of next year. So it may not even be ready to go for WrestleMania. So we the may... NFL season. Right. Yeah. This could be, it could if, be bad. If we have one, if we have an NFL season. So this could Dra- be bad. They might next week. So we'll see. Yeah. And, uh, I'll put it this way. As far as people speculating on where WrestleMania might go, I'll put it this way. Florida has been very nice to them recently. They might throw that business back to Florida. They were already speculating on Tampa for 2022, but it wouldn't surprise me if they worked something out for 21 as well as a way of giving back business to yep. Florida, yep. allowing them to work right now. So throwing that out there, it's a bummer because I'm, I was really looking forward to having it be here in L.A. Me too. Maybe they, flip, maybe they flip it and they do Tampa next year and L.A. in 2022. I don't know, but it's looking like L.A. might be out of the cards for next year WrestleMania. Uh, AJ Styles gave an online, he was, uh, he was streaming online, he was asked about how he felt about the Good Brothers being released. Uh, he said it was, quote, devastating. He was devastated by it. Um, he feels like they're his little brothers. He didn't take good enough care of them. He wasn't able to save them. So he's really beating himself up over them being released. Damn. Hopefully, he works something out. Carl Anderson's Wait, all, how, already... Wait, how is he live streaming? Yeah, sorry, he's dead streaming. He's from the other side. You know what I mean? He's, it's, 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 yeah. Um, they had like, they held a seance. And right. You know, okay. Yeah. Um, but Kyle, you know, Kyle Anderson's already saying he's going to go to Japan. He's already putting out videos that, you know, that hint he's going to Japan. I can't imagine that we wouldn't see him show up at some point uh, over in Bullet Club over there. He is still Bullet Club, technically. Kyle O'Reilly, we mentioned he didn't wrestle this week due to uh, him being immunocompromised. It's because he's got diabetes. And uh, he just doesn't feel safe wrestling when he's, he had a, he's got a, he's a little bit questionable. So they're allowing him to sit out for this. Uh, Cash Wheeler, a.k.a. Uh, Dash from Dash and Dawson, the revival, 
uh, he has filed suit or he filed a filed copyright for Fear the Revolt. The Revolt is also on Wikipedia already as the new name for the revival. So all things, and when asked about it, he said no comment. All things pointing to the revival being being renamed the Revolt. What do you think about that name for them? Not mad at it. Not mad at it either. Not mad at it either. Some more news came out about them. Uh, Apparently Vince wanted to repackage them as a comedy team. Give them some weird, funny-looking garb. Uh, I saw pictures of it online with like scarves and like long, weird, drapey. Fashion. It looks silly. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be silly. Not even fashion police. I don't even know how to describe it. It looked like a cross between Arabian Nights and a Disney cartoon. Um, it didn't look good. And apparently, in one of their last meetings, Vince actually personally handed them these drawings of their new outfits. And that may have led to their oh boy. wanting to walk away. I got to say, if someone came into me and I, was, I had built my name on being a tag team that was a throwback to an era of pure wrestling, and someone came in and said, hey, I'm going to make you guys a couple of goofballs that look like this, I would have packed up my bags and left too. So yep. I got mad for them, not going to lie. Speaking of Vince, uh, according to Wrestling Observer, Vince has put out an edict that no one is to mention Roman Reigns' name while on air, up to your up to your guess is well good as mine as to why he's saying that. If it's because he doesn't want uh, he wants to kind of freeze Roman in place in terms of storyline, doesn't want to change where he is in his character, or if he's mad at him for getting sick and leaving in a time uh, when he might need him the most. Is this a betrayal? I don't know. Are we going to hear more about this? Where the golden son of WWE for the last five years? somehow betrayed pop events <gasps> i personally think it's just he's he's trying not to make people think about roman and think about where he is oh, you know what i mean yeah. I, I don't i i don't i don't think it's as sinister as you make it sound but it might be but it might be no way of knowing also from wrestling observer uh when looking at the actual quarterly numbers gargano Ciampa match Lost viewers and the Nakamura, Nakamura, <laughs> Nakazawa, Omega DDT style match gained numbers for AEW. Interesting. Very interesting. We were speculating last week on who's watching what and how they like. Like, do you think people liked this DDT style match? Apparently, they did because it gained numbers. Yeah, and maybe we maybe that, people want to watch fun TV and not dark, brooding, long knockdown, dragout fights. I don't know. Maybe. It, at, at this particular time in history? <laughs> right. Yeah. I yeah. think this clearly shows that. Um, speaking of speaking of dark times in uh, or some sad news. Or it's channel flippers. You know? Well, it was, it was significant numbers. It was it was by a significant amount. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, indie wrestler Black Damon, Mexican indie wrestler Black Damon, passed away from COVID-related uh Things this week, uh, COVID related complications this week. He was age 39, had a chance of seeing him one time. Uh, good dude, good wrestler. Sorry to hear that. But he was the first official wrestler to actually expire to pass away from this whole thing, from this actual disease. So uh, there it is. It's finally happened. A wrestler has contracted and passed away from this disease. We mentioned Jordan Devlin earlier. He's stuck over in the UK. While he's stuck over there, uh, he is one of a couple of wrestling schools that are 
getting uh, accosted by shitty landlords. Apparently, his landlord has forced his school to move because he demanded 100% of the rent the day before it was due. And so instead of, uh, instead of, yeah, so instead of paying it in a time when he cannot make the money to pay it, Devlin said, cool, my school will go on. It will not continue to go on here. Piss off. Yeah. Moved his school. Um, and if that landlord is by any chance listening, go fuck yourself. Right, exactly. Uh, according to David Starr, Ring of Honor has not fired anyone. It has canceled shows to protect people, and it's still paying all its salaried employees. Obviously, him throwing a little love to Ring of Honor because they are still doing right by all their employees. Also, New Japan doing the same thing. Have not yet heard about Impact, but I've also not heard of any firings or furloughs over there. So, interesting to see who's doing what, where in the wrestling world. And finally, Jake the Snake Roberts tweeted out that he is out of quarantine. He's going to lose 30 pounds the next few weeks. And that also, he's very grateful to AEW. They've been awesome to him. Nothing but love from them. He is very happy right now in his current situation. And given the fact he was tweeting out some kind of scary things a couple of weeks ago where he was locked in his hotel room in quarantine, nice to see these back in DDP's uh, house and doing better in a good headspace and is feeling very positive. So props to Jake the Snake. Props Keep on to it, DDP. brother. Thanks props for saving a brother for looking Seriously, out. Seriously, props to DDP. Um, giving him an environment to save himself, I would yeah. say. But yeah. And that's the news, Nick. Well, thank you very much, Surrey and Dangerous. And thank you guys for yeah. joining us today. Especially a big shout out to everybody in the chat. Uh, Nicholas Yates, Anonymous, Jonathan, uh, Abraham, and your very own sunglasses for all the tips in the tip jar today. Thank Woo-hoo. you guys very much for that. Come over and join us on face- in Facebook, guys. Just search for Busted Wide Open. Like our page and send us a join request to get right in. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. Uh, and subscribe to us here on YouTube if you're not already. You guys that are listening to this as an audio podcast, you're missing out on so many good times. Nick's facial expressions that you'll never hear. See what I did yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, all of the live chat antics that are going on that we don't always have time to call out. We love you guys that show up for the chat every single episode. Thank you guys so much for that. And come join us at uh, YouTube.com slash Open. Make sure you pound that subscribe button, like all the videos you enjoy, and jingle that notification bell so you get notified when we do go live. Uh, and last but certainly not least, thanks to all of our patrons, our phenomenal ones, for all of your contributions throughout all of these dark times. Um, uh, we got some merch store news coming to you very soon. We got some yeah. new fun stuff that we're going to be launching here. We got a lot of working. plans for going working. into year four at the end of May, which we've got about six weeks to pull off these miracles here, but we got a plan. We got some good stuff coming. Bear with us, guys, as we get through the next little bit, but good things are on the way for sure. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.